Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riven Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 103. Free agency is the time of year where we can get a glimpse of what teams will be better next season and which teams will be worse. In this episode, we will talk about all the major moves made in free agency and the implications that they will have next season. This is now episode 103 and we want to give a special shout out to PDOT. George, Espen, Hikari, yes, Mateen, and Jael. You guys support us on Patreon, and we're super grateful for that. Anybody who supports us in that way, anybody that supports us in general is appreciated, but when you're going out of your way to donate to us a month, that is something that is very near and dear to our hearts. And we just launched a Discord server where you guys can be in a group chat with Pick Aside fans and us as well. Drew and I are in the in the Discord. Rave is not in it yet because he doesn't know how to work with applications on the Apple iPhone. Come on, bro. Get it together. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm gonna do but yeah, the Discord chat is free to people. Well, it's available to people who are Patreon subscribers and we have three tiers, a $3 a month tier, $5 a month tier, and a $15 a month tier. The $3 one are, are weekly questions. You guys get to ask us weekly, weekly questions and we'll answer them on the podcast the $5 tier, tier is suggesting topics, and the $15 one is you get to have a guest spot on the show, and we will do a segment with you, and we can debate if you guys... I'm still excited for that. Yeah, if, if you if, if some of you guys have some ill will towards us, and you guys <laughs> want to pay $15 to curse River Drew and I out, you, you feel free. You guys come on the show, and you can give your take. I'm more than down for <laughs> that. You can pick your side. Yeah. So that's what we're doing with Patreon. I think it was pretty cool. We just launched that Discord server. I think it was pretty cool. Definitely. Great idea. And of course, we also have to shamelessly plug our Apple Podcasts on this show. Why not? Because we we go up in the rankings based on the reviews and the ratings. So if you guys can rate and review our podcast, that would mean a lot to us. But now let's get into the show. NBA free agency. Mm. One of the best times of the basketball calendar year. Definitely. A lot of anticipation once these moves are made. People are excited. The fan bases are excited. Chicago fan ba- fans right now are extremely excited, even though they won't be that good. But we'll talk about that later in the show. <laughs> and this is just an exciting time overall. And the first topic we're going to talk about are the Nets and Lakers. Right now, there are two super teams at the top of the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers. But some people think the Lakers are not a super team. We're going to discuss that as well. But based off of what what moves the Lakers and Nets made this offseason, what team had a better offseason? I'll start with you, Drew, first. <laughs> so the better offseason, obviously, that just goes to the Lakers. We made the most moves. We we made the the moves to to put us in a position to compete again against a team like the Nets, who obviously made a majority of their moves last season. Uh and I I, I think of it more so of who has the advantage right now. I think right now I'd probably give the advantage to the Nets because they had a full year to have that team chemistry together. And it's going to be more beneficial come start of the season. I feel like they're going to be clicking a lot faster than the Lakers are going to be clicking. A lot of people's concerns is how they believe that Russell Westbrook is going to combine together with LeBron, AD, with the rest of the crew. Uh, THT, in my opinion, I feel like he'll be our starting shooting guard come come start of the season. We bring in guys like Melo, who I'm definitely happy that we brought him in. You, you know, a good shooter to put around. Uh, 
alongside Russ, alongside LeBron, they're going to be driving to the basket. They're they're going to want someone to to be a good kick and pop to. Definitely, Mel could be that guy. Wayne Ellington, another really good uh, spot up shooter in that sense too. Kent Bazemore, Riv Riv absolutely has a vendetta against him. Understandably, he's not that good, but <laughs> we we just keep adding shooters around our two guys who one Russell Westbrook who has been notoriously known for not being a great shooter and I just love the idea of us surrounding our guy who really can't shoot with a bunch of other shooters so I give the advantage to the Nets but I feel come January I I expect the Lakers to fully be in sync and I just want to point something out real quick three days ago three days ago when we signed Ariza we brought in Dwight Howard they were calling us a retirement home LeBron 36, Dwight 35, however old he is, Ariza 36. They were calling us a retirement home. The next day when we bring in Malik Monk, we bring in we bring in guys like Kendrick Wayne Nunn. Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, who I didn't even mention, who's going to be another great offensive weapon for us. They immediately called us a super team. In my opinion, you should have called us a super team once we got Russ. That's three all-stars. That's, a, that's the definition of a super team. But you guys, you know, you guys don't think Russell Westbrook is this great player. So I was going to keep going with you guys. You know, keep doubting it. Keep down the process of what the Lakers are actually going to put together this season. But come January, come February, you're going to see the true Lakers. And we're going to see the true the true idea of where it's going to be come finals time. And I believe this is going to be our finals matchup. But at the start, I, I you know, right now I give the advantage to the Nets. They have the chemistry going. They, you know, they had a full full year of... You know, they definitely didn't have a lot of time together on the court because of injury, but they were still together in the locker room. You still build that team camaraderie around one another. And I think that'll benefit them, especially with the fact that, you know, Russ is going to have to get used to not being the guy. And it's going to take him a few, but I fully expect him to, to get into the swing of things come, come January and February. Anytime, you know, anytime you get a star in free agency, your, your free agency looks really good. And I think with the Nets and the Lakers, obviously I think – Lakers getting Westbrook and then topping it off with Melo, added in some guys who, you know, we talked about when they got Westbrook, they needed some shooting. We felt that shooting was their weakness. LA brought in some shooters, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, you know, so they got some guys that could shoot the three ball. The Nets, I think the Nets still have moves to make. I don't I don't know. The, I think they still can get something in that deal. The deal hasn't been fully discussed in the Spencer Dinwiddie deal. It is done. Oh, it's officially done? They got nothing. Oh, that's hilarious. Patty Mills coming in. I think they got a pick. Yeah, but they didn't get nothing of value. I think in the the draft, I think the Nets did really good in the draft, developing getting some young talent and some guys who are who can come in and play right now. And Cameron Thomas and Kessler Edwards. I think bringing in Patty Mills, James Johnson, to kind of fill that Jeff Green role is good. But I think the Lakers did have a better offseason because Russell Westbrook is still an All Star in his day. Melo, he's still a guy who could come in and give you buckets. So I think overall the Lakers had a better off off season. But in terms of who's better right now, I got to go with the Nets. Their three best guys, they didn't even play a full season last year. They played, what, less than 20, 25? Yeah, bits and pieces. And even when they were together, they were unstoppable. In the playoffs, we saw a glimpse of it, and they were just flat out amazing together so I think those three guys combined with the fact that they all fit together they all gel off each other they all can shoot the three ball they all can attack James Harden he can play off both of them Kyrie he can go back to his role and they all don't Kyrie and Katie don't really need the ball as much as they used to I think those guys gel together where in LA you got Westbrook you got LeBron who constantly need the ball in their hands Westbrook who isn't a good shooter he's been he hasn't been the best shooter as of late in the mid-range game, his free throw percentage has dropped a lot. 
He's caused a lot of turnovers. His IQ isn't as high as James Harden, so it's going to be tricky. But with LeBron, obviously, he's going to limit some of that stuff that Westbrook has. But like you said, the spacing is going to be weird. And Anthony Davis, his injuries, his health, obviously, that has to be key. But I think with the Nets having their big three and keeping Joe Harris and keeping most of their guys and just bringing in other guys, I think the Nets still have it over the Lakers right now. This is no debate. The Nets had the better offseason. The reason for that is because <clears throat> they brought in players that actually are going to help their team this upcoming season and that that matter more. The Lakers brought in a bunch of players who were misfits, and I'll get into them in a bit, but the Nets brought in Patty Mills. They brought back Blake Griffin. I thought that was huge. He could have gotten a bigger contract somewhere else. He comes to the Nets and says, no, I want to play with number 13, Fear the Beard, because he's one of the best players I've ever played with. And I fully respect that decision. <laughs> the fact that he was about to laugh there just yeah, tells knows. you everything you need to know. James Johnson, I think, was a huge addition. Him being a big body, him being a bully. He's a martial arts specialist. He knows jujitsu, so you don't want to get into a fight with a guy like him. James Johnson is the real deal. Maybe he could make a UFC push after he's done with the Nets. Bruce Brown bringing him back on a on a qualifying offer. He could have definitely got a better deal. Then Cam Johnson, Dayron Sharp. Kessler Edwards, I think Cam Johnson can play it right away. You look at the next lineup, Harden, Kyrie, KD, we know all three will start, no doubt about it. I would start Bruce Brown because their winning percentage was very good when Bruce Brown started last year. The center is tricky. Do you start Claxton Why do you keep saying or do you start, start Joe Harris? They won't. Because you have a vendetta against Joe Harris. No, they won't start, start Joe, bro. They won't start Joe Harris because he's much better suited off the bench right now. I think they will be better defensively if they don't start Joe. In my opinion, they're going to start Claxton or Blake Griffin off the bench. Now the Nets have Patty Mills, Joe Harris, James Johnson, Cam Do- Johnson, Dayron Sharp. Cam Thomas. Oh, Cam That's Thomas. Right. Yep. Cam yeah. Thomas. Dayron Sharp could be better on a better option than DeAndre Jordan right now. I don't think the Nets are done yet, though. But regardless, the Lakers, the reason why nobody called them a super team when Russ first got there is because there were three players on the roster. <laughs> THT, it was them three and THT and, and Marcus Gasol. There were only five players on the roster. We can't call a team that's incomplete a super team. At least when LeBron joined Cleveland, when he joined Miami, they had a complete roster. In the offseason, they made some moves. Wayne Ellington, Ariza. They're okay. They're nothing special. They're not Patty Mills, but they're okay. Carmelo is. Carmelo Anthony is good, but Carmelo versus Blake, I'll give the edge to Blake right now. Dwight Howard, he's okay, but right now, at this point in his career, is he a starter? He's not a starter. He's a backup big. THT, Bazemore. Bazemore is okay. He's average. And then Malik (laughs) Monk and Kendrick Nunn. Malik Monk is coming off a career season where he averaged 11 points per game. Now he's under the bright lights playing with LeBron James. You want to know another player who was very good, then played with LeBron and dropped off? Jordan Clarkson. Then Jordan Clarkson went to Utah and revived his career again. I don't think Malik Monk is going to be ready for the pressure that is going to be the L.A. media and the pressure of playing with LeBron. You play good one day, everyone loves you. You play bad the next game, LeBron has no help. It's been that's been the story of LeBron's teammates ever since he's been in the league. Then Kendrick Nunn. That sounds like a very good acquisition on paper, but he has been a regular season player. Miami Heat's bubble run. Nunn barely played. 
This past playoffs, when they got swept, he barely played. In the playoffs, he shoots 39% from the field and 28% from three. And we have a large enough sample size right now to see that he's not very good in the playoffs. And now playing with LeBron, Kendrick Nunn might even be worse. You look at the Lakers team, what is their starting lineup going to be? Is it going to be Russ, Ellington, Ariza, LeBron, and AD? Mm. Are they going to start Dwight Howard? Is it going to be Russ, Ellington, Ariza? No, apologies. Is it going to be Russ, Ellington, LeBron, AD, and Howard? That sounds like a not I that think, good starting lineup. I think AD must embrace the five this year for them to be effective. I absolutely agree. But then let's talk about their bench. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, and Carmelo all coming off the bench at the same time. Is that going to work? In my opinion, I think the starting five right now would be Russ, THT, LeBron, Melo, AD at the five. So Horde and Tucker starting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, don't regret this. Don't regret this it's now. Just, I'm not saying he's, he's ready a to super, start. I'm not saying he's a super. But I don't think he's ready to start. You guys, I won't I won't go that far. Trust me. He he is a good enough player that he can be up. You think uh, he's better than Wayne Ellington? Don't you need? You know, I think, I think you need more he provides spacing. more than what Wayne Ellington can give so me right spacing, now. Spacing if you have Westbrook and Braun out the there. The thing is, Wayne Ellington is is a spot up shooter, which is what I I'm happy with for 42% sure. Forty two percent from three. I, he's a, he was amazing last season from three, no doubt about it. He's a career thirty eight percent three point shooter. I think you run out Westbrook, Ellington, Ariza, Braun, AD. I don't think that's Ariza, their best lineup. I, I don't want Ariza to start. I want to save his energy to for if we need him come fourth quarter. You understand what I'm trying to say there? But it, you don't have to play him a lot early though. You don't, but I'd rather get Melo in there and get his shot going as opposed to getting a reason. I, and I making get, I get what you're saying, but here's my problem with the Lakers: Malik Monk, Carmelo, and none off the bench. All three of those players are isocentric players. Malik Monk is a jock. He's been that way since college. Carmelo Anthony, we know what he is at this point in his career. He's going to look for a shot. Kendrick Nunn is a more of a willing passer, but his role in Miami has always been just go get us a bucket. So now you have all three of those guys coming off the bench. I don't know how that is going to mesh. I just don't feel like that's a recipe for success. But the Nets, you have players who know their roles. Bruce Brown knows his role. Patty Mills knows his role. Joe Harris knows his role. They know their roles. I think they're going to mesh much better. That's why I think the Nets had a better offseason. And I do think the Nets have the edge. I said this last year. Barring injury, the Nets will win the championship. Last year, they got hurt. That's why they didn't win. This year, the same thing is true. If they don't get hurt, they will win it all, even if they face the Lakers. And then once the Lakers lose, Andrew's going to be on his podcast crying wolf because Kendrick Nunn was horrible in the playoffs and Malik Monk didn't offer anything. And AD uh, was not as good as we thought he was going to be. That's That wouldn't that, happen. That, that's that, the, Kendrick that's Nunn a, thing might be realistic. That my, AD my question is, And then you're over here saying Westbrook, oh man, they were leaving him wide open. The same thing they did in the Houston Listen, series. You can have me on camera right now. I am 100% content with this roster we have. You can pull this up in June. You guys are mostly I'm content con- every I'm year content. before you started playing. Not necessarily. Yeah, you were content with last year's roster. Last year's roster was the same as the 2020, essentially minus Dwight, minus Danny Green, who were pretty essential to our playoff run, minus Rondo. It's like we didn't have a bunch of the guys, and Dennis Schroeder came in. He was solid until playoffs came. He wasn't good. Last you year, still sign him, right? We technically could still sign him. I'm optimistic him we do not. I'm bring, last I'm bring year, him back. the consensus was that the Lakers won the offseason. 
because we got Schroeder and we got Harrell. Correct. That was a consensus. Yeah. This year, the same thing's happening. I don't know. Kind of feels like the same type of thing is going on. Let me ask you a question because you keep saying Joe Harris isn't going to start, and he started for them all last year, and he played well in that starting lineup next to Harden, next to Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Why do you think he won't start again? He's their best knockdown shooter in their spot-up shooter. He went to Game 7. He saw Joe Harris absolutely. Well, playoff time, obviously, Joe isn't Joe. But speaking just of a regular season standpoint. That's not, that has nothing to do with it. I just think that <clears throat> this year the Nets are going into the season with a bit of a different identity. I think Joe Harris off the bench can be much better suited. In the fourth quarter, he could play. But if you have Joe Harris out there, that means that you don't have Bruce Brown out there. And if you That's do, not true. Let me finish. If you do have Bruce Brown out there, he's your small ball five. I don't think that this year they want to go. They want to play small that way again. Mm. Last year, DeAndre Jordan couldn't start because he just turned into a complete bum last year. Nicholas Claxton showed a lot of flashes last year, and I think going into his third season, you can classify him as a starting NBA center. I'm comfortable with putting Joe Harris off the bench with Patty Mills and having two guys off the bench who can give me 14-plus points on any given night off the bench. I think you have... Oh, and Blake Griffin off the bench could be a factor there too. In the playoffs, Blake started at the five. So he could be an option as a starting five. Right now, that's the position on the Nets that is not solidified, that starting five position. But let's say they do find a starting caliber five or they start Claxton or Blake. I'd rather go with Bruce Brown than Joe Harris for defensive purposes. And Bruce Brown also was a pretty good shooter last year. He wasn't a liability shooting last year. Shooting or slashing to the basket? No, he shot. He spot up. He was a good spot up shooter. He last had year. a lot of his his success around the paint. Yeah, but he was a good spot up shooter. When they would drive and he would be in the corner, mm. he would be pretty effective from there. I mean, I don't know. That's Joe Harris is a lead leader in the three point percentage. I don't. I don't know about that one. You and said Bruce Brown's you think career what, is twenty nine. Oh, it was last season. Let's see. Let's see what it was last season. But what has Claxton shown you that he's ready I'm to not start? A fan of Claxton. He shot 28. 28? 20, 28.8, 29. Could be what about in from, the playoffs? No, it, 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 it could be different from the corner. Though. Go down and look at uh, distance. Okay. In the playoffs, he shot 18%. Oh, wow. That's horrible. Yeah, he's not that yeah, good. Well, I'll, t- I'll take back what I say, but when you look at Bruce Brown's record with the Nets as a starter. No, when he starts, they're they, really They good. are really good, and that's why I think that I would rather start him over Joe Harris. Because last year... They played Bruce Brown at the five. They started him at the five because they had no real center. As soon as you get a real center, now there's a real question mark. Do you start Brown or Harris? Do Mm. you want more defense or do you want more offense? Because you can have a prolific bench with Blake, Mills, and Harris. Mm. And then you can have a balanced starting lineup because Harden, KD, Kyrie, they're going to be prolific offensively. Bruce Brown being out there, they can manage with that. But off the bench, I think you can have that prolific scoring bench along with that offense being so great. You can have more balance to the team. And I think last year, even though they were definitely a juggernaut, they lacked balance. So who's going to defend Anthony Davis? Better not be Bruce Brown. And it better not be Blake Griffin. And it Probably better not nobody. be Claxton. But the Nets have the advantage KD. in the fact that they have the best player in the world KD. on their team right now. Okay. Um, then who's going to guard LeBron? Probably nobody. So I'm waiting to hear like matchups now. Like, all right, who's gonna guard Kyrie and Westbrook are probably gonna guard each other. Which okay, I'm fine with that. Kyrie's better than Westbrook. He definitely is. I won't say he's not. Um Harden's better than A D. 
LeBron is. That's, I mean, KD is better than LeBron. Harden's better than a healthy AD. I'm asking you because you called AD at one point healthy, the second best player in the world. So I'm just going to ask you. No, I said that season he had the second best season. So I'm asking you, a healthy AD. We've seen seen a healthy AD in the playoffs. He's better than Harden? Harden is better than AD. We have seen Harden do something AD has never done. We've seen one get it done. uh, One get it done to play with LeBron. And now he's playing with the best player in the world. Harden is playing with You just said that Harden. Well, he played for two games with the best player in the world in the second round. What did he do? He was hurt. He was playing on a grade two hamstring. Hey, man. I'm just looking at the numbers. Grade two I'm hamstring. looking at that performance. It was not. Look at, look at the first round. And let's he look had, at his past. What has he really done to really enjoy Well, he averaged 35 points per game versus the Warriors okay. in Against 2019. Against he should have beat, correct? He should have never beat them. Come on. Don't, don't lie he to yourself. He should never beat them. Don't lie to yourself. 2019. 2019. KD. KD Warriors. When KD went 20, down. 2019, KD wasn't on the Warriors. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking you said oh, OKC. You're 100% right. Apologize. 2019, KD was on the Warriors. He got injured in the in the fourth quarter no. of game. It was the the start, the, the very end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The Warriors played the Rockets with no KD for one game and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Can can Clay Curry and Draymond win you sure, one for game? Sure, for sure, Curry, absolutely. They I can win 30, you one game. For some reason, Curry has thirty in the second half. Well, so. obviously, but they can win you one game. I'm not disrespecting Curry. Curry's an all time great. That's they can mean. win you one game, definitely. But Kate, to that point, if you look at that series, Steph Curry averaged twenty three a game. Mm-hmm. His shooting efficiency was god awful. It was KD who was dropping forty. Yep. And Harden was matching him toe for toe, mano y mano. Definitely. Harden's been. As of recent... Is that his only great moment in the playoffs? No. These past couple of years, Harden has been very good in the playoffs. In 2020 in the bubble, he was good in the playoffs. 2019... I would say he was good. Yes, nothing more. No, he was good in the... He was very good in the playoffs. 2019, he was very good as well. 2018, he was very good as well. Except for Game 7. I mean, okay, you can say that, but... the biggest moments when you need James Harden, you you can You can say that, but I am not going to say Harden's a bad playoff performer based off of one game... When every single other game he's playing well. So let's let's go matchup for matchup. Obviously, LeBron matches KD, Harden matches AD, Kyrie matches Westbrook. Fine. Melo versus. That's what I I think the Lakers who's are the more fourth best deep player than on Brooklyn. Lakers are Joe not Harris? more deep than the Nets. Joe I think Harris so would be the fourth best player in the Brooklyn. Who would be the fourth best player on the on the Lakers? Carmelo. Mello. Blake Griffin is better than Melo. In what form? I don't. I I can't fully agree with that. You you honestly think so? I can't fully the way agree you've with seen that. Blake play last year. He was great defensively. And the way that Melo played last season, Melo is really still really good. No, Melo's an, a good score. I would say offensively, Melo. Defensively, BG. Offensively, Melo by far. BG can get you. Get what? What? Blake what? Griffin shot forty percent from three from last three. year. Yeah, yep. on wide open threes. I agree. What was Melo shooting? He was shooting. He was playing with Damon CJ. Melo's off the bench though. Melo wasn't just shooting wide open threes. He was. He was on the floor with them. I'm saying, but he wasn't just shooting wide open threes. Like oh, mid range pull ups. We okay. see, like we've seen BG. Exactly. No one's playing defense on Blake when he's behind the three. But Blake was also slashing to the basket. He coming off I the bench. Get, he I'm was not hating. His own are we I'm really arguing? Blake, we're not. I don't think this should be an argument. You're saying BG was better. BG is better than Carmelo Anthony uh, at this shot, point in the career. He shot 38 percent from three. Close to 40 percent. Talking about, talking about Melo. Melo from three. No, yeah, Melo's a good shooter. We know that, but BG's a guy that. Was not supposed to be that good from three, and he was really exceptional from three. Carmelo's still a good player, but he is not better than Blake Griffin right now. If, I think I, I say if, let's let's wait and see because BG in a different role with not much expectations, he performed admirably and he exceeded expectations. Let's see Melo in a situation 
with LeBron. BG was the fifth, sixth option in Brooklyn last year. That's what I said. So let's see. With, with LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge came to. In the playoffs? In the playoffs, he played really well. But I'm saying he was not the f- fifth option on the Nets come No, I know, but times. all year all right, so let's see. Let's see Melo with now Braun, Westbrook, AD in a different situation, with a little bit more spacing. Then we look at Ellington, Ariza, or even Nunn and Monk. Who's better between Monk and Harris? I'm, you just named all those four guys. Match them up with the rest but of the bench guys. Who's THT would be next. Who's THT's better? He's another guy. Who's too. better, Monk or Harris? Joe. I'm Harris. gonna leave Joe. I'm gonna lean Joe. Who's better, Patty Mills or Kendrick Nunn? Patty. THT okay. or. Bruce Brown, I really don't. Who's know. better, Claxton or Dwight Howard? Right now, Dwight. Dwight. You think so? Yeah, you called Claxton the starting center. You lost me with that. Claxton is a starting center, and lost we saw me. the success that Dwight had two years ago with the Lakers. He knew his Dwight role knows on his role. The he's, he's still really. Dwight good. also didn't play in a series because he couldn't have him out there. He understands that was against that. the Rockets. He did that with ball, LA too, though. Fine. Because he doesn't need to do that when you have Anthony Davis, who could stretch the floor as well as he can. Again, I expect AD to play the five. If we're going to win a championship. You shouldn't expect that. We, he doesn't want to do that. But well, when what's he going has to happen, to, what's, going, what's going to happen versus Brooklyn? He's going to have to play the five. He's going to have to play the five. No, I'm talking about with Dwight Howard. Won't play. Nets play he's, small. But you won't which, play which, Claxton. Exactly. You'll probably play BG. Yeah, but which small, is line, small lineup, Nets versus Lakers. Nets have a better small lineup than Lakers. What will be the Nets' small lineup? They would go BG, KD, Harden, KD, Kyrie. KD, Harden, Kyrie, BG, Harris. Okay. That's, that's, so, that's Russ, Russ, I'm going to... Russ, LeBron, AD, Carmelo, Ariza is a small lineup. Which is fine. That's not better than the Nets, though. It isn't. It isn't. But our, like I said, our depth, you're just talking the starting five. That's it. But we have a lot of depth. So Malik Monk, none. A lot of depth? You have a lot of unproven Compared. depth. Mm. Malik Monk, Malik Monk, none. We just, just established, been on a team. Fair. We just established fair. Mills fair is better than point. none. They have more proven depth. Like Patty Mills, he kind of like we know Patty Mills is three, good three point shooter. He's gonna come in. He's gonna. Who's Brown shot versus that. Malik Monk? Bruce Who's Brown, a, he understands his role. At Hold this up. point, is Bruce, Wayne Bruce? Ellington and and Patty Mills like is it that big of a difference to you? Yes, Patty Mills is a dog. But it's, I wouldn't say dog. Exactly. But Patty he Mills is, is better. Dog. Patty Mills is better. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he's not better. Is it a significant difference where you look at the two and just think the Nets yes have because we've good. seen Patty Mills in situations on championship teams, situations in the playoffs. We know like we know who he is regardless of the situation. He's gonna be there. Bruce Brown versus Malik Monk. I think Brown is better. So you talk about Mills is better than Monk. Brown is better than. But you haven't mentioned THT. It's like I'm not. I, I don't <laughs> think he's better than Bruce Brown. THT is a tricky guy, man. I'm a fan of THT's man. He's very he's good. A, he's THT is getting good. hype only because he plays for the good. Lakers. He's a, tri- but he, but he's he, a tricky guy, man. You could say that, but at the same time, he puts up decent numbers when he plays. He he is definitely a better more, than what you guys are Search up him. his numbers as a starter. I have to see more. You can go to you can go to StatMuse. Actually, I'll do it because I I think I because he's he doesn't play game to game. It was more down the stretch. We actually started to lean on him. He had good games when he had really good games. But he really he was one of our better options. It got to that point where THC was one of our better options. There's a reason Caruso is not on the team anymore. Which was crazy. There's a reason why we're probably not going to bring back bring back Schroeder. We believe in this guy THT. He's had really good moments. Should have brought back Caruso. I think we should have brought him back too, but I just feel like I'd rather a a a lockdown a knockdown shooter in Wayne Ellington, a better defender in Trevor Ariza, bring in Melo. What what am Ariza, I saying that's Ariza wrong here? Is a better defender in Caruso right now? The thing about that is I've seen Caruso have really good moments defensively, but then obviously when he's playing against someone better, there's not much you can do. I'd rather the size. Okay. Go ahead. What are you going to look up? What are you looking up? 
I can't even find it, honestly. Like I'm saying, you're going to look at his actual season per averages. 36, he averages 16 points a game. That, and, and you're going to shoot 28% from three. Yeah, five assists, five rebounds, Which is fun. two steals. He does a lot of everything. Well, that's that because well, when he's on the court, he's not usually with LeBron AD. So th- he's no, doing this. That's stuff. not true. That's not or, true. Or Russ. If if he's going to be on the now court Russ, with Russ, obviously. If he's going to be on the court with Russ, LeBron AD. He's going to free up a lot. I'm telling though. you, just. Don't look at THT like he's just some nobody. He's definitely no, a he's lot not a he's nobody. nobody. He's a tricky guy to really evaluate. I'm telling you, I've seen him play very well. He's he, not a nobody, but Lakers talk about him like he's a game well, changer. No, I'm not. You guys listen, had him I'm untouchable not, at one point. I I don't I don't agree with that. Like, <laughs> We're talking about James movable. Johnson too. I think James Johnson was a huge addition by the Nets. I'll listen. be honest. I don't think Malik Monk's better than Cam Thomas. I know he's he hasn't a rookie. Played a game yeah. yet. I know, but I, Cam Thomas so is Kendrick, a dog. What the hell? He's no, a bona fide yeah, scorer. He hasn't disagree. played a game Cam yet. Cam Thomas is a dog. You know he's a dog. A dog in college is different. He, he Malik Monk was the same all, guy. In all college. time leading scorer in Oak Hill. LSU average twenty three per game. Malik Monk was in twenty three per game in college. Malik Monk was like nineteen at Kentucky. No, he wasn't. Dude, Malik Monk was dirty. He gave in college. you. He gave you silly yeah, forty bro, he points. Was ridiculous in college. Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is different. I'm letting you know right Malik now. Malik there's no way Cam Thomas is better college. than Malik Monk coming out of college. Come on, bro. You... Uh, coming out of college, Malik Monk was more athletic. He was, he was a, a better, better ball shooter. player. Correct. He's a better ball slightly. This draft is just deep. That and, draft was not. And Monk crazy. is not as bad of a defender as people claim him out to be, which is exactly what He's we six, need. Six two, six three, though. But th- that's fine. Uh, not even. I think he might be six one. That just has long arms, which is fine. Somewhere around there. But Nets have more depth. We'll we'll see. I don't know about that. I can't wait to okay. the matchup. You guys that are listening to right now, you guys comment down below. Drop it in so I can like it on the picker <laughs> side account. Drop it in so we can see all the Nets comments. Please and do. Please do. We screenshot it in the show to yeah. Drew after this show. That's Same okay. thing happened with Jared Allen versus Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> Somebody actually said that it's not that big of a gap. Which is all I was going for because you said, you, you try to make me look like I knew nothing saying ridiculous. Which, you know what, sometimes you got to go for it, which I respect. I mean, I think Jared Allen is really good. I'm not saying he's not either. He's you, superb. That's a great vocabulary word. Yeah. It's also Jared Allen true. is superb. He's all right. Jared yeah, Allen would start on your team. He got $20 million a year. He's not that he great. He would start on that team. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had the thing, like, no, he wouldn't. No, Vucevic, definitely. Easily. Without a doubt. Like They wouldn't even think about Pat it. Pat Will? The Lakers, Hell yeah. okay. the Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook, and part of that trade sent... KCP, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and the 22nd pick in the draft to the Wizards. The Wizards also just signed Spencer Dinwiddie to a three-year deal, I believe. Now when we look at Washington's starting lineup, it's Dinwiddie, Beal, KCP, Hachimura, Gafford. Their bench is Kuzma, Harrell, Kispert, Bertans, Advia, Neto, Aaron Holiday, Thomas Bryant coming off an ACL. They have a lot of depth. And this begs the question, if you're Bradley Beal, would you ask out? Or do you think, no, you know what? This team, it has depth. I think Dinwiddie can fill in that Russell Westbrook role in terms of averaging 20 and 6. I'm going to stick it out with this team in Washington because I think we're going in the right direction. Or do you want out? You still want to be traded? It all depends on if he wants to win. Like, Does he want to win a championship? Does he want to be considered one of those guys in the league, the elite, elite? I think... This roster is the perfect situation to prove how good he really is. I think this is a roster where he can show, yeah, I can carry this roster to the playoffs. You know, I can be that guy. Like you said, this roster has a lot of depth, a lot of wing depth, a lot of guard depth, a lot of big man depth. So this team is loaded with a bunch of really good players, and they have one star, one all-star, and Bradley Bill 
coming into the situation is probably looking at it like I can I can probably show that I'm really one of these guys in the league. I mean, he got one year left. I think he'll be a free agent next year, anyways. So you got one year left to prove who you are and then go into free agency with a bit of leverage. Like I took this team to the playoffs. But if I'm him, I'm thinking like if I want to champ- win a championship, if I want to be competitive, I'm nearing my the end of my prime. If I want to be competitive, I want to win in this league. I want to get them all NBA teams. I want to be known as one of the best players in the league. I don't think Washington is the place to showcase that talent. I'm 100% out on Washington. You mentioned the depth that they have. It's a lot of... Average to at most above average depth, in my opinion. I like the Lakers. That's your prerogative. Um, I think they are, never mind. Yo, <laughs> Washington's depth might be better than the Lakers outside of Russ, LeBron, that. AD. Yeah, I was gonna say because the like, depth that they had are depth that we gave them. How much uh, better is Melo than Kuzma right now? Significantly. I don't think he's better than Rui right now. Say that one more time. Rui, Hachimura. Yeah, I don't think he's better than Rui right now. Is Dwight he's better than Gafford? Hell no. No, Gafford's really good. It, but it's, a, like I said, a lot to average to above average. He's the best player, star player. Dimwitty, he's definitely above average ball player. Has a torn ACL. Who knows how he's really going to come back and respond. You met, you hit it right in the nose. If he wants to prove he's that guy, he sticks it out. If he wants to win a championship, he has to go elsewhere. This is not a team that you compete for a championship. There are better teams in the East than the, the Wizards right now. And that's obvious. That's a firm fact. The obvious four, Nets, Nets, Milwaukee, the Heat, Philadelphia, better than them. Hawks, better than them. Knicks, better than them. Celtics, better than them. I, I do. I could keep going. It's just this roster at the ceiling that they're looking at is a plan. And if I'm Beal, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I know that I have my contract expiring next season. You could look out for the Wizards because clearly he has some loyalty to them. Tell them to get me to trade me so they can at least get some kind of compensation. Before I up and out of here and leave in free agency, and you don't get some, you don't get a dime for me. Th- this roster is not going to get them anything near a championship, not even out of the first round, maybe not even out of the play-in. So I'm completely out on Washington. You you could say whatever you want about the depth of this roster, but it's not good enough to move to do anything. I'm not out on Washington. I, I think this is going to be a competitive team. I don't know about playoffs because the East is extremely tough right now. But they brought in Montrez Harrell, who was a six-man-of-the-year candidate before he went to L.A. and was ruined by whatever the Lakers got going on there. He was perfect with the Clippers, fit their identity perfectly. Uh, in the playoffs, he was garbage. He was, no doubt about it. He's a bad defender. Even on the Clippers, he was garbage. Yeah, speaking oh, of yeah. Washington last year was ninth in bench points with 39 points per game. And Harrell, Kuzma, and Bertans, they already filled that, that bench point void. They might be the best bench in the NBA next season. Last year, there were 17th in offensive rating and 19th in defensive rating with 30th in opponent points per game. I think this year they got better defensively with KCP. I think Gafford starting, if he does start the full year, is a good rim protector and defender. You're hoping Hachimura takes a third-year leap. He's shown some flashes. He's still a very good mid-range shooter, but he can't really step out from three consistently and hit that shot enough. But then their bench. Kuzma's a good defender. He can get his bucket. Kispert is not, Harrell is not, Bertans is not. So defensively, they will struggle. I look at this depth in this lineup, I kind of wonder where that leaves Advia. Mm. I don't think Advia is as good as any of these guys. What would you play? If you want to win now, are you playing Advia over Kuzma or Harrell or Kispert or Bertans or Neto? 
or Bryant. At this point, I've seen what they are, truthfully. So if you start losing games, why not put them in the lineup? I'd be average six points last year. You got you, you to look at it like this. You picked him in the lottery. You want to develop him. He's obviously a part of your future. And you, you, the front office knows they're not in a win-now situation. Like, they're not going to win anything. So he's going to have to get some minutes somewhere in there. So somebody's going to have to take a seat, whether it be Neto. I don't think Kuz, he's still young, so I don't think he's going to take a seat. But somebody's going to have to sit down and get obvious some minutes because he's a part of your plan. So you have to play him, whether it be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30, 10. He's going to have to get some minutes somewhere in that rotation. They might have to go like 10, 11 deep, honestly. So what number of options Kuzma on this team? If he's off the bench, fourth, one. Fourth or fifth. And where was Because I think it's Beal, Dinwiddie, Hachimura. Does that sound familiar to you? I think Harrell and then Kuzma. Does that f- sound familiar? Sounds like LA, he was LA. third. You think so? Yeah, he, he, his, the, the role he was supposed after, to I be was third. 100% agree there. 100% agree Probably there. like fourth after Schroeder, though. And what happened? He was garbage. He was trash. Very inconsistent. So, so how can I expect him to go to a worse team and be better? LA is not Washington. But I'm expecting... LeBron, be- Beal isn't Bra- LeBron James. So you expect Kuzma hey, wait, to... Wait, what, what is that supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, I know. I'm wondering where you're going with Expectations that. Expectations are much different in LA. They were in win well, now mode. I think mode. You, you could have just used Washington versus LA. I don't think you had to bring in LeBron versus Beal. But I just, now, and now you explained it, I get what you were going for. Yeah. LeBron demands greatness. Of course. LA demands consistency, calling greatness. Calling a loser? And then the Wizards are losers. Yeah, which I'm is not calling Beal a loser. <laughs> I'm saying he's not, Beal isn't the type of character that's going to demand a lot from Kuzma. LeBron demands that. I so think, what's their identity also? I don't think they have one. They just brought in Wes Unsell Jr. I, if I was Beal, I would stick it out one year because I think this team does have depth. Dinwiddie, when healthy, has shown he can be a good player. I'd stick it out one year with Washington, see where they go. Well, I mean, he got one but, year left. But that's it. Then leaving free this. agency. Yeah, that's why I said like. But then if you're the Wizards, are you content with that? I think they you truly believe be. they can keep him. They do because they can offer him the most money. And I, I mean, think he's a money guy. a lot of players. I mean, fair. that He definitely has been a money guy up until this point for sure. But at the same time, you don't think he's getting tired of being garbage? Is he? He could have asked for a trade. He, pro- he probably could. He could have been asked for one. He's been saying he wants to stick it out. He wants to stay. So is he? Like, is he? Is he having the mellow vibe where he just wants to, the money? Brad wants to stay. I'm getting the most money here. I'm the best player here. I get to average thirty points anytime I want. That's the tricky part of it because at this point the Wizards are stuck in a constant cycle of mediocrity. Or he can leave, rock it out this year, and then leave, and then go see what free agency is looking like, and go try to win. Which I'm listen, which I think he should do one hundred percent. But at the same time, if you're the organization, you're screwed because then your your franchise is really in shambles. If it already wasn't, I mean, they have a I wouldn't say a lot, but they have some things to look at. I think Caff, um, Gafford, Hachimura, and then you know Kispert. But, but like I said, there's just so many other teams yeah, in the East that are just things cons- to look at. Okay, they're just better than them as a whole and are consistently getting better year in year out. Well, I mean, let's let's be realistic. They'll probably get a. They have their first round pick, right? They do. I, I'm guessing they'll get a lottery pick. They were. I agree with that. And they got first from L. A. Oh, but so. then let's say they get a lottery pick. Is Beal happy with being a well, lottery Well, even if pick? he's gone, you still have the lottery Because that's ultimately pick. what it comes down to. They also got Isaiah Todd. Yeah, if he's gone, 
<laughs> if he's gone, you still have that lottery pick. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got somebody you're going to bring in and it would just work from there. I mean, like, they're not in a – listen – they didn't. He wants to stay. He's claimed he wants to stay. If he doesn't, if he goes in free agency, he doesn't resign. All right, but at least you have some good players where you can at least be a manageable team. Where it's like you walk in, you're not going to get blown out every night. So, what's your expectation of them, seed wise? Both of you? Team. No, no. I think they'll be like. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying I don't think they'll be a play in team. I think they'll be 14, 13 seed. What the fuck was that? That's nah, nah. <laughs> it. Um. You think they are worse in Toronto? Yeah. No doubt about that. I don't think there's like a huge doubt about it, honestly. I wouldn't say no doubt about it, but I think Toronto's better. I think you look at Siakam Beal, you'd rather have Beal. That's it. Roster. After that, though, that's it. Van Vliet, Dinwiddie, that's just and really like, close. And like, I'm, like I said, Wizards have no identity. If I put identity. the roster in check, it would probably be Beal and then about four Toronto Raptors. And then Toronto's better coached. Toronto actually is a defensive-minded team. Wizards are whatever you can call them. OG over Dinwiddie? I would. I would. Coming off an ACL injury? Dinwiddie's, Dinwiddie's a weird... Ah, he, he's good. If, he's not, if, if you want to have Dinwiddie over OG, it's fine. But after Dinwiddie, it's like OG's probably better than the rest of their roster. I think Washington is just an offensive firepower. They're just going to have a lot of offense. Last year they were that way too. I mean, you, you basically traded Westbrook for a bunch of guys that didn't show up in the playoffs. Yeah, the regular season is the playoffs though. I mean, Kuzma didn't show up in the regular season that much either. And that's he, a firm He averaged fact. 12 a game and shot good. He wasn't bad. What did he shoot? He I'm shot. Wondering. He shot about 44% from the field and 35% from three. So let's, let's double check that just to make sure. I know he averaged 12 to 13 a game. No, I know though. he definitely averaged that week 12. I mean, 12 is cool. I was 13 actually. It was 12.9. 44, 36, 69 clips. So, okay. Yeah, he wasn't horrible. It's just L.A., everything is so magnified that it's it looks LA. like he was the worst player on the court. Sometimes he just when we need him, he was that definitely the worst Sometimes. player. But that's what I'm saying. Those moments are magnified where yeah. you you go to a team like Washington or a, or a smaller market, nobody cares about you. So because yeah. of that, nobody's talking about your ill-advised moments. I think that's going to help Kuzma refreshing a bit kind of be more hopefully because so you have watched in as in a player i think they could make it over i, I think it's man tough indiana no indiana's i think they're a playoff team i think charlotte i think they could be better than charlotte yeah i think they could be better than charlotte so i think you, you can have Washington over charlotte toronto washington they're in that same tier mm-hmm. to me and uh-huh. then the other the other tier like the bottom tier is you Orlando, think, Cleveland. You think last year's Bulls? team was better than this year's team? The Bulls are seventh seed. So you think last year's team was better than this year's team? Yes, depth wise, absolutely. Are the Cavaliers better yeah. than the Wizards right now? No, 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 no. I think the bottom tier of the East is the Cavs, the Magic, the Orlando Magic. The Detroit. next tier, which isn't like horribly bad, is going to be Detroit, thirteenth seed, 12, 12, 11, 9, 12, 11, 10 is tricky. It is Listen, I look for Boston to be in, no doubt. They were the seven. Pacers will be in. They were the nine. I think Charlotte will definitely improve this season. They were 10. I think the Bulls will make the playoffs. They were 11. Ra- the Raptors were 12. I think they'll be in the play-in as well. Ooh, it's going to get tricky. I don't know Raptors, how. Raptors, Hornets, Wizards, I think, will fill out the 10 to 12 seeds. 
then from nine and up, I see like Pacers, Celtics, Bulls, Heat, and then mm. of course the top teams. So, so basically, it's going to be a dogfight for the ten. Yeah, and but it depends. I mean, because you know, if the Pacers get injured, they got injured last year, they fell off. So they're just an injury away. I think the Wizards have a lot of depth, so they they can be a playing team. But I wouldn't favor them. But they can be a playing team. I don't think they're going to be at the bottom of the East. I think they're going to be competitive. I think being at the bottom in the East isn't going to be too bad, though, because like you just said, 10, 11, 12 is going to be a dogfight. Toronto, Charlotte, and um, the Wizards are going to be fighting. And even Detroit is going to be competitive. So I, I think saying they're going to be 14 for 13 seed isn't bad because the East is pretty deep. That's still bad. Not really. Yeah, Beal, it is bad. It's trash. And it even regardless of the competition, if you finish 14th, you finish 14th. And he's gone. You cannot expect him back if you finish 13, 14. That is true. If you miss the playoffs, he's gone. That's true. That's true. Let's transition to a team that has a chance to contend. The Miami Heats, after their free agent moves, they brought in Kyle Lowry. They signed PJ Tucker, who I think that was their best signing of the offseason so far. Yo, what is wrong with you? They signed Victor Oladipo. They re-signed him and have his bird rights so they can extend him next season. They also signed Markeith Morris, who I think was a good player on the Lakers. And Duncan Robinson got a five-year, $90 million extension. I think the Miami Heat, with these acquisitions, I think they are the third best team in the Eastern Conference now. I asked you to send that to me. She looked mad pretty. <laughs> I, think the Brooklyn, I think the Brooklyn Nets are the best team in the NBA in the East, no doubt. I think the Bucks are the second best team in the East. Mm-hmm. Miami, to me, with these moves, they are the third best team in the East. You look at their starting lineup, Kyle Lowry, Oladipo, Butler, P.J. Tucker, then Bam Adebayo. That's a defensive nightmare, and I think the guy who makes it all work is P.J. P.J.'s versatility, switchability on the defense side of the ball, you saw what he did for Milwaukee. Totally changed their culture. P.J. Tucker said it. Milwaukee had a lot of dogs and leashes. They weren't unleashed. When he got there, he unleashed the dogs, and the Bucks became dogs. They became champions. And I think getting Tucker was huge for that, for being honest. So, And then you look at their bench. Harrow, Robinson, Markeith Morris isn't too bad. They brought back Dwayne Dedman, but then after that, it's very suspect. Casey Okpala, Max Struss, it's not too great. I think they can add one more player off the bench, and they'll be solid. But we got to remember, this team was impacted by COVID all season long last year. They were the 25th offense, but they ranked top five in defense with Lowry, with the healthy Oladipo. I think that's a top 15 offense at least. You hope that Bam Adebayo improves as an offensive player and can step out and hit a deep range shot. But I really think the game changer here is Kyle Lowry on the offensive side of the ball. 17, 5, and 7, shot 44% from the field and 40% from three. We know what he brings offensively and defensively. He's been taking the most charge since who knows when. The Heat are legit, and I think these moves have made them legit. They can contend if team if the top teams get injured. If the Bucks and the Nets get hampered by injuries or something like that, the Heat can very well make the NBA Finals. But if not, I see that they can make the ECF. Realistically, first of all, you got to start with the PJ Tucker stuff. You got You got to stop. You have to learn how to appreciate his game. I like these moves for Miami. You know, I think last year playing the Bucks, the Bucks whipped them. 
it, it was tough for them. I think realizing that their offense struggled, Jimmy Butler struggled. You know, I think bringing in Kyle Lowry was huge for them. Bringing in a guy who can score, who can be another playmaker outside Jimmy Butler is going to be big for them. A guy who could also step out and shoot the three ball. That's what they needed. You know, they like you said, they were a top five defense. They needed extra offense. Kyle Lowry brings that. P.J. Tucker brings another guy who can switch and guard one through five. Same with Jimmy, same with Bam. So I think that's huge, having those three guys out there that can switch and that can guard. I think that's big for teams like Milwaukee and Brooklyn playing those games. And I think, like you said, they're right there in that tier, right under Milwaukee. I think they can make Milwaukee a fight. I don't think, I'm not going to say they can beat them, but that can be a tough series. I think Philly, like you said, I think they're better than Philly right now with the Ben Simmons saga and them not understanding their identity. They are the third best team in the East at the very moment, and they can really compete. I think, like you said, that bench needs one more guy, but I think Tyler Harrow, bam, making a hopefully another jump this year. Jimmy finding that jump shot back. I don't know what happened to it, but finding that jump shot back, but continuing to be that dog, that leader for them. Kyle Lowry bringing that consistency to the point guard spot. I really I really like this Miami offseason. I think they really improved after last year. I think they definitely did improve. And I do believe that they will be a top three seed in the East as well. I just don't believe they have enough offense to overcome the Nets, overcome my, uh, excuse me, the Bucks. I just don't believe that with a guy, with their leading scorer being Jimmy Butler averaging 21.5, not having another scoring option to average above 20. I get you bringing Kyle Lowry, but he's not a 20 point per game scorer. Oladipo has never been a 20 point per game scorer. That's cap. Oladipo has been. When he made the all-star team. So one time? Yeah. No, last year he averaged 20 with Houston. Oh, sorry. I didn't know that part. I was thinking of uh, and Indiana. And even Indiana, he's been injured, but he's been averaging 20. So do you think he will average 20 on oh, this no, team? I, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't but you know, I, I, I said wrong information, so I appreciate you guys calling Tell me, me out. 100%. Thanks, guys. I just don't believe that they have enough offensive firepower. A top 15 offense isn't going to win you a championship, especially with the likes of the Nets, who will probably be the number one offense in the league. Milwaukee, who has... Three players that can give you 20 on any given night. Two players that could give you 30 potentially on any given night. And they're still solid defensively. You lose Tucker to Miami, which definitely hurts. I will definitely acknowledge that. But at the same time, Milwaukee is still who they are. They have a a solid foundation in, in that lineup. I still believe Milwaukee is better than, are better than Miami right now. I, I believe that their defense will be amongst the best in the league, but I don't think it will be enough offensively to get them over the hump of getting even out of the Eastern Conference. Mm. I, I look at guy on, on the West, I think only right now I would probably put L.A., Utah over them right now. And come playoff time, I would take the Heat's roster over Utah's because Utah's hasn't shown me anything come playoff time. So right now you're looking at Miami potentially being the fourth, fifth best team in the NBA. But I just don't think that offensively they have enough to get the job done to contend. Victor Oladipo last year in Houston averaged twenty-one five and five, shot forty percent from the field and forty and thirty percent from three. When he got traded to Miami, he played four games. He averaged twelve three and three, shot thirty-seven percent from the field and twenty-three percent from three. He was great defensively, three. though. It's just can you rely on Oladipo at this point? Truthfully, you can't. And this is the thing: Oladipo is a sad story because. Since he got injured in 2018, we have been waiting for him to be that Oladipo again. And I think that ship has sailed. I don't think he will be that player anymore. I disagree with you in this point. I don't think Miami's offense is as bad as you think it's going to be. I think Kyle Lowry can average 20 if he wanted to. 
Really? Yes, he could average 20 if he wanted to. Last year, he averaged 17, and he took a back if seat. If they need him to. He, he averaged 17 and took a back seat to Fred Van Vliet and Siakam. If Lowry at any given at any given night can average twenty to twenty five if he really wants, if he was if his main goal was just to go out there and score, but he's a do it all guy. He's a point guard who's going to get everybody in their spots. I think Jimmy Butler is capable of being that first option if you have a bunch of other options around him. I think because Butler has been on pretty good teams, his number his scoring numbers have not been amazing. But we saw Jimmy in that playoff run go insane we saw him in the finals go insane he's one of the best two-way players in the nba at the end of the day i think miami's identity is on defense though sure. and that's what they are trying to accomplish they, they want that foundation and with tucker and with lowry they brought those guys in i don't think they're a finals team because the nets are the nets they can beat the bucks though i would favor the bucks slightly but the he can beat the bucks I think I could, you could say that, but like I want you to choose definitively, the definitively, Bucks, Bucks or, or Miami. I would choose Bucks. I I think it would be a seven game series between them, and in seven anything can happen. But who are you taking? I don't like that. I answer. want you to take an. I want you to. It's yeah, I don't like that can. answer. That answer is so like when somebody wins. I told you. So pick Miami or pick Milwaukee. Like I said, I'll slightly lean my Milwaukee, but Miami is right there. Miami is one Middleton bad series away from winning that series. I think. And that happens a lot. Just this past playoffs, it didn't happen. And they won a championship. That much. They won a championship because the Nets were hurt. Oh, my God. That's a fact. Let's just get, all right, get over that. That's a fact. They still got to go beat Phoenix. Get over that. Please. They still got to go beat Atlanta. Please get over that. I mean, you thought Phoenix was a fluke. Yeah, but they still got to go beat them. But you thought they were flukes. And you thought Phoenix was going to beat the Bucs. I mean, Atlanta were flukes, too. Milwaukee wasn't a fluke. I said that whoever won that Brooklyn but you just said that because they got hurt. No, the Nets, but the Nets are a great team. I said, I said before, whoever wins that series is going to win a championship. Most but then likely. you also said Suns in five. Yeah, of course, because on, here, I, I on wanted, this show, yeah, because I wanted the Suns to win. But I so knew, I knew, I knew the brain. finals was going to be the finals winner was going to be the Nets or the Bucks. That that was their biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. If you told me Philly was facing the Bucks in the ECF. I would have been like, okay, that's a challenge. But as soon as you told me Atlanta was going to be be there, they had no Atlanta had no chance. Atlanta had no chance. Six games. They had no chance. And they won a game without Trey Young. They had no chance. I don't think Victor Oladipo. I think Victor Oladipo coming in, he just needs to be a quality starter. I think with Miami's team with Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam, I don't think he needs to be the old Victor Oladipo. I think that's why he'll be fine. He just needs to come in play defense at a high level, pick his spots, and score in bunches. I don't think he needs to be that 20 points per game scorer because their team is filled with guys. And with Miami, what we've seen in their last like runs. Like who, in yeah. your opinion? Like who? What What are these guys? Oh, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam needs to be that guy. Kyle Lowry, Duncan can fill it up one night. Like what we've seen from Miami is any guy on any given night, they can fill it up and the team fills the high hand. And with Jimmy, Jimmy's a weird player because he he's – and, you know, we had him in Chicago. He can average 22, 23 points a game. Mm-hmm. He just – he does so much for Miami for in sure. terms of being their playmaker, being the, one of their best rebounders, being their lockdown defender on the other end, on for the sure. perimeter. So he just does so much that he doesn't choose – he doesn't score as much as he used to. But with this team, with having P.J. Tucker, with Bam making an improvement, with having Kyle Lowry, I think he'll get back to that 22, 23 points per game because he doesn't need to – 
go down, lock down your best player, then go be a primary playmaker, primary defender, primary rebounder. He doesn't need to do all that consistently now because he has a little bit more help. So do you think with him being the primary ball scorer, if their second option doesn't average 20 points per game, do you think they're still championship contenders? I think, well, championship. I think the only championship contenders... And before I let you finish, because this is reminding me a lot of... The Raptors team, obviously, you had Lowry where, you know, Kawhi was the main ball scorer, and that's going to be Jimmy. But at least they still had Siakam, who still averaged over 20. But it's different, though, because with this team, they you don't need somebody to necessarily act. The, the, the difference with that was even when Kawhi left and Toronto still had a great run, For sure. they just didn't have a fourth-quarter guy to finish it. Definitely. Jimmy can be that guy. And with Miami— Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, Bam, Jimmy can give you 15 a night. Mm-hmm. And that's that's five guys. So but it's like... Even that is not necessarily true. Siakam <laughs> averaged 20 in, in the playoffs. That's but what I was referring in to. In the regular season, he averaged 16. I was and referring he, he, solely to playoffs. Yeah, but we have to talk about regular season because... But this is contending for a, a championship. Yeah, but in, the, in, a, in a playoff run... Playoffs, playoffs, absolutely. Yeah, in a playoff run, Lowry, Oladipo, even Bam can get hot and average 20. But do you think Oladipo will yeah, make it to playoff Oladipo time? Part, but. I think Oladipo... If content, that's too much building to continuity. If he becomes that second guy, that second go-to scorer, is he even going to be with ready the injuries, start of though, the season? No. What did he? What was injury? torn ACL? His, nah, He'll be back later. Torn like, ACL. It definitely wasn't that. It was something. He got hurt, but it wasn't torn ACL. It, was bad. it definitely wasn't a torn ACL. But Siakam won MIP that year. He wasn't an All Star that year. Right quadricep tendon. He averaged 16.9 points per game, and Lowry that season with Toronto averaged 14.8. So they didn't have another 20-point-per-game scorer outside of Kawhi. I think the Heat in would In the regular just, season. Yes, I, but I think the Heat would be just fine because in the playoffs, guys step up all the time. You can have somebody have a great run. Lowry can be that guy. And even, and even though Siakam averaged 20 points per game, I don't even, I'm not sure if that was for the playoffs or for the finals because for the playoffs— he had Philly, a bad, he, was horrible. he had a bad series against Philly. He had a bad series against Might have been um, just the finals. The only Bucks. great series he had was against the Warriors. Warriors. I think it might have just but been. But he the wasn't good against Philly. And Bucks. He faced the Bucks as well. He wasn't good against them either. So did he average 20 points a game for the playoffs, or was it just in the finals? Let's find out. Because I think it was just for the playoffs. Chris Boucher was on that team. Chris, yeah, Chris Boucher didn't play though. Neither did OG because he was hurt. I, didn't, I, mean, I thought he wasn't there yet. Huh? Did you find it? I'm only seeing like years, and now I'm looking at the game log. And this team had seven players in double digits. He averaged Philly, 19 a game in, in That a, game in the against Philly was – his series against Philly wasn't garbage. 29, 21, 20, had a bad game, 9, 25, 21, game 7, 11 points, which is not good. Mm. So two – Five out of seven, you take that over twenty points. But you are the same person I said Kawhi had a bad series when he only played one bad game. He had two bad games, and it, no, he did. Pascal just had two. They were getting agreed, and they but were bad at the too. same time. Siakam is not the best player. Kawhi is. This team had seven guys in double digit scoring. This was a deep team for sure. I think Miami can get about six. But I agree. I agree that they could have that amount of six is a deep seven. I think so too. But at the same time, at least yeah. they still had another guy. That was able to get to that twenty point. But Siak- Siakam 
he averaged more than Lowry, but Lowry was the best was the second best player in that I playoff agree. run. I agree, definitely agree. And I think ah, you look. I don't at, know if I you look at Siakam agree. and you look at Oladipo as scores. It's not far off. But the thing it's, is, Oladipo the thing is, now injuries, is yeah, it's, exactly. it's hard to. I think Miami's defense it's going to be yeah, gritty, but even though. with Oladipo, even with Oladipo's injuries in Indiana, these past couple years he's been averaging twenty. In Houston, in his short stint, he averaged twenty. He averaged yeah, twenty one time in Indiana. He averaged twenty with. The Rockets. I looked. That was it on up. a bad team. Both the Rockets. The Ro- Houston, yeah, Rockets. Houston were I trash. Mean, at first, because no. Olenek averaged. They over, went on a five-game win streak. Olenek averaged over twenty points on the Rockets too. Well, so. that's all of this is cool, but he's he's coming off a right quad. It's going to be tough for him yeah, to come so back. It's like he's he's cleared for full contact in November. He's going to have to. He's it's going to be a while. Him. I'm going to probably going to start dunking for a while. Probably going to have Victor come off the bench. But that means he's going to be back by. Christmas. Probably around Christmas, Jan- early January, hopefully. Well, you think he'll be in basketball shape That's by another Christmas? thing. I mean, he's going to have a lot a of months to do that. And I, the thing is, with Oladipo, he doesn't have to step into Miami and yeah. be what Indiana wanted him to be. Yeah, I agree. Like When he was in Indiana, he, was, he had to be an all-star as soon as he got back from injury. With Miami... You just have to be a defender. He might not even start. If you have Duncan starting, yeah, I agree. I agree. Be, being that floor spacer, he could come off the bench. So there, there are there so are options the for bench, Oladipo. He can average twenty. No, not off the bench. But why do you keep going with this twenty fast? Yeah, no, th- that's what we're talking. The thing about. is, I don't think averaging twenty is that big of a deal. I just think when you, you need more than one guy. I don't think so. I think it's not that think about big the of a deal. Championship runs of the recent when, memory. When, when Miami went through the bubble, right, the little uh, Disney World run. How many guys did they have? It was different guy on any night. One series, it was Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero was tweaking. Did he, J- Jimmy did he average was over tweaking. 20? That, he didn't. He averaged no? 16. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy okay. Butler was tweaking. Bam was, at one Bam point, a well. defensive And Bam machine. averaged 18 last year. Yeah, it was like, it's different guys. You know, Miami's that. is any guy on any given night. And okay. I think how they're going to play great defensively every night. And some, a sure. guy's going to step definitely. up. And they have a, bo- a bunch of guys that can definitely step up on any night. A lot of teams don't have that. Beauty about Miami is also their cognuity. Mm-hmm. Just bringing in Kyle Lowry, who's a guy who could probably fit in anywhere. PJ Tucker, who understands his role no matter where he goes. Sure. They're already going to come into a system that's already bought in. They already have their guys that's bought in. So two guys who seamlessly buy into a system is going to make it much easier. So it's really just fitting in Oladipo and getting ready for the obviously. Mid- I mean, for, for example, Bam averaged eighteen point seven last year. Nineteen. Are we not going to say he's a twenty point per game scorer, averaging nineteen? And, and they have right the there. personnel to beat the Bucks. Not saying they're gonna do it, but they have the personnel to beat the Bucks. I think the Nets are just so far and beyond better than everybody else that and the, if sure. healthy, nobody can beat them. But that's what it ultimately comes down to. We're asking not necessarily because the Nets could play the Bucks, get the hurt question. again, or the Nets could play the Heat, get hurt again. So it's like with the Nets, is always injuries. But with the Bucks, I think the Heat can beat them in yeah. a series. They can beat them in a series. Agreed. I wouldn't pick them over the Nets, but versus the Bucks, that's a great matchup, and that can go the distance. Agreed. But you still lean Milwaukee. Yes, I lean Milwaukee slightly. Because in the bubble, we saw Bam do a great job on Giannis. But then this past year in the playoffs, we saw Giannis completely dominate that matchup. So it's really on... It's 1-1 right now. It's really on what Bam are we going to get. And also... But they have PJ now. Yeah, PJ. But i seen PJ get dominated in Houston by Giannis. I think losing James Johnson, losing Jay Crowder to build up that wall, two big body guys along with Bam, hurt them. I think in free agency or in a trade... They have to trade for one more big body guy who can be the backbone of that wall or kind of be like that middle line with Jimmy being on top, that guy, and then bam, being at the bottom. I think they have to find a way to kind of make a game plan 
around that. That's why I think they can beat Milwaukee. It's all about how they guard Giannis. This past year in the playoffs, they didn't guard Giannis very well. But in, in terms of Holiday and Lowry, that's a very close matchup. You look at Middleton and Butler. I'm I'm still leaning Butler over Middleton. Then you look at Oladipo versus... They're probably going to throw Giannis on Butler again. I was going to say, it really comes down... It's, Jimmy's the best player. Giannis is the best player. Defenshenzo, Oladipo, Defenshenzo. I'm taking, at this point in their careers... It's close, but I'll take Oladipo. I'll take Even, healthy. So I'm going to go Defenshenzo. And then Bam and Lopez, I'm taking Bam. Giannis is really what sets them apart. And then their bench... They have Bobby Portis back, which is cool, but Hello. I think they lost Brent Forbes. He barely played though. After no, nah, no, nah, he run. was he was huge in that first round series though. No, I'm saying after that little uh, that, yeah, that after the Miami explosion, he, correct. He, Pat Connaughton off the bench. That's a they good got one. back George Hill, but George Hill was garbage in Philly. The Vincenzo was coming back. They didn't really have him for that run too. So it depends. I mean, that's why Miami with Morris, Harrow, and Duncan off the bench, their bench is evenly matched with Milwaukee. It's they have to get one more guy though for me to feel comfortable in their. They bench. They don't have a big off the bench, right? It's going to be Morris or and Deadman. Uh, Deadman, and that's why I don't I don't trust Deadman. That's why they have to get one more player for me to be like, okay, I can put them over Milwaukee. But because they lack that size, I don't know how that's going to match up in the playoffs if they face Giannis mm-hmm. again. But it's going to be a close series, I believe. I don't think Butler plays that bad again. I agree. He he played not even like half that's of what a, he could play. That's rare mm-hmm. for him to play that Definitely. bad. Especially for a player like him who has a huge chip on his shoulder, I don't think he's going to play that way again. He needs a cut. The Chicago <laughs> Bulls are finally back, maybe, in a way, if you really believe that they had a great offseason. <clears throat> and because you're a Chicago Bulls fan, Riff, I want to ask you this question first. Was the Bulls offseason a win or a loss? And bonus question, can they secure a top five seed <laughs> in the Eastern Conference? Do you feel confident in your Chicago Bulls? I'm not all the way confident. You know, I, for for starters, I think we did. This was a successful offseason because of the fact that our GM AK finally he walked in and has made more moves than guard packs have made in the past five six years. So I think the fact that our GM is ready to make moves, he's ready to put a team around Zach. He's shown the aggressiveness. I think that alone in itself makes it a successful offseason. Now for the pieces, I think you know we got some good guys. We got our point guard that we've been wanting for a couple years now. We got DeMar DeRozan, you know, it's, we got some bench guys. I, I like our team. You know, it's going to be tricky to see how it fits, but it really has to just be a year improvement. You know, Pat Will has to make that second year jump. Zach has to bring that intensity that he was playing with in the FIBA in the USA. He has to bring that intensity back. Lonzo, he has to continue to improve. It's just a lot of improvement from our guys. But I think for the most part, I think we have a really solid team. We have a solid foundation on the bench. It's just really our coaching and the the jump from our young guys, if they can make that jump. Now, can we secure a top five seed? I'm not going to go ahead and say yeah, because, you know, like we was just talking about, I think the Bucks are better. Miami's better. You know, I think the Nets are obviously better. The Knicks. I think Atlanta is better. You know, there's teams like that. That's four teams that's right five. there. You can overtake the Knicks. That's, I think we're right there in that tier with the Knicks. Okay. I, I truly believe okay. we are right there in that team with the Knicks. As you one think of the Atlanta guys. Hawks are that much better? Just a little bit. I think Trey Young puts them over the top, but I think we can we can definitely like we can definitely make a run. I think we're going to be in that six seven range, maybe sneaking five, but I'm not going to say we're a top five team yet. But we're definitely in that tier with New York. Chicago's offseason wasn't that good. It's been <laughs> overrated by everybody because a bunch of big time names came together. 
DeMar DeRozan, $85 million contract for three years. Vucevic is there. Alex Caruso, four years, $37 million. And all of a sudden, Caruso was supposed to be this backup point guard savior for the Bulls, even though I'm not even sure if he's better than Thomas Sadoransky, honestly. They might be on the same tier. They are. It's a legit debate. Then Thomas talk, started. And you talk about Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million contract. Lonzo Ball is getting $20 million per year. What if I told you that Leon Rose got Kemba and Derrick Rose for less money than the Bulls are playing, paying Lonzo yearly? We probably wouldn't care. No, I'm just saying Leon Rose is the GOAT, but to the Bulls. They also got Tony Bradley. I like Tony Bradley. I'll be honest. The Bulls' defense last year was not that bad. They had the 11th-ranked defense, but most of that was attributed to Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young was a very good defender last season, played small ball five, can switch on every single position. He was a part of that trade to get DeRozan. You traded Thad Young. You traded Aminu. You traded a future first-rounder and two second-round picks for DeRozan, who has not been a good defender to this point in his career. The year that DeRozan got traded to the San Antonio Spurs, that year, the Spurs, without DeRozan, were the best defense in the entire NBA. And Kawhi Leonard only played nine games, so it wasn't even the Kawhi effect because Kawhi wasn't there. When they got DeRozan the very next year, they dropped down to 11 because DeRozan was not a good defender. And that's why they dropped off so much in the standings because DeRozan couldn't even with Kawhi not even playing that year, DeRozan couldn't make them that much better. With Levine and Vucevic, the Bulls had a 7-8 and eight record, and I just don't like this fit. You have Levine and Lonzo, who are fast-break transition players. DeMar DeRozan plays at much of an even-keeled pace, doesn't play too fast, doesn't play too slow. He's a steady player, but Vucevic drops the entire thing off. He needs his post touches. If you're throwing the ball into the post, you're automatically going to slow the game down. And Levine, as the first option, shot 19 times per game. DeRozan shot 15 times per game. Vucevic shot 20 times per game. All of these guys' shot attempts per game are going to drop off significantly. Who's going to take that backseat? Vucevic being the third option, or is it DeRozan? Because we know Levine's going to be the first option. The Bulls traded a total of three first-round picks, two second-round picks, with the core young player in Wendell Carter and one of their better defenders in Thad Young for a team that they want to win, that they that they hope that can win all, that they hope can win right now. And they can't win right now. They won't be better than Brooklyn. They won't be better than Milwaukee. They won't be better than Miami, Philly, Atlanta, the Knicks. So you're telling me the Chicago Bulls went all in to be a sixth or eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. That doesn't seem like a very great offseason to me. But it's good, though, because a Bulls fan like yourself, Riv, you're finally going to be good. You're, gonna, you're finally going to have excitement around the city. The difference is that compared to the Knicks, where we got Kemba, we got Fournier, we re-signed our guys. We, we were the fourth seed. We had no expectations. We have five first-round picks in the next three years. You traded three total first-round picks to get Vucevic and DeRozan. You traded Wendell, who, say what you want about him, he wasn't that bad when he played, and he was still a core young player. And you're about to lose Laurie as well, who was also a guy who was supposed to be that, a part of that core young group. The Bulls seem like they want to be stuck in mediocrity. They don't have any assets for the future. But sure, it's cool because you're going to have something to root for finally. 
And we're finally going to see Levine in a winning situation, which I'm happy to see. But I'm not high on the Bulls. They can't secure a top five seed. I don't believe that. No way in no world they can secure a top five seed. They'll be a fun team to watch, though. Definitely a league pass team. I'll be tuning in. I didn't know if you wanted to go back at him because no, he was making direct eye contact with Because it's like, he said we don't have any assets, but we have Lonzo. Zach Lonzo's is, an asset. Zach, Zach is 26 years old. Kobe's still on the bench. We have baby Kawhi. Like, we have young assets, so I don't know where the— Wait, Levine, Kobe, Lonzo, and Pat, Williams. Pat Will. Pat Will. Thank you. I'm glad you know his name. Mm-hmm. So we have young assets who—we just paid Lonzo. Granted, it was a big contract, but I feel like we had to make that move to— Hold up. You paid Lonzo. I think to this point, we know what Lonzo's going to be. That's not, not yes. true at all. I don't I was, agree with that I statement. was hoping that when the Bulls got Lonzo, they were going to let him thrive and let him do him— be that guy. Why do you think it's, he isn't, it's a though? a good point. He's, what he's going to say is a good point. When you got DeRozan, it minimizes Lonzo's impact okay. because Lonzo is now the third ball handler on that team. No. The same role that he had with the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't think he's the third ball handler. He's, no, this, Levine, this is, DeRozan. He's going to be the primary ball handler no, that's going to set this up is the why he's, This is why he's no, wrong. He's the reason why we got a point guard was so Zach wasn't Correct. the number one guy with the ball. He's now can play more you off ball. If you would have said the third option no. for yeah, the, the third option he is, offense, he is not going to be. He's not going to be the number one ball handler. On the Pelicans, he was relegated to a spot-up shooter role because they had B.I. and Zion. Yes, you will. Zach is going to play a lot off ball. Lonzo will be a spot up shooter in Chicago, and that's why he won't thrive in Chicago. I don't. Agree you didn't with watch that. us play one time. He won't thrive in Chicago. Go ahead. This is your squad. Well, he's saying we won't thrive because of because of things that he didn't see. He didn't watch. We the reason no, you won't thrive because Lonzo is going to be relegated to a spot. I'm talking about Lonzo specifically. Lonzo won't, won't be that. He though. won't I don't fulfill agree with his that. potential because he's going to be relegated to a spot up shooter role in Chicago. Why? Why do you think that though? Because. DeRozan, these past two years, has averaged seven to eight assists per game. And even so far in Lonzo's career, you look at his numbers and his effectiveness driving to the basket and facilitating, he projects more as a 3 and D wing, more than a primary facilitator of an offense. And I think Chicago got Lonzo because they wanted somebody that can, that can defend at a high level, which he can, and that can spot up and hit threes. He can play make every once in a while, but he's not a better playmaker than DeMar DeRozan. That's not true. That he's is, not, that's not, he's well, not a better playmaker not, than DeMar DeRozan. That's not true, though. We got Ronzo because we needed somebody to be a playmaker because Kobe wasn't it. Yes, we also got him because of no, defense. No, you got him, but, but then got, you got, got, got DeRozan. No, I understand why we got DeRozan because we needed another 20-point score, but we also Great. got Lonzo because we needed somebody to be a primary playmaker so Zach can play off ball. Correct. You need another 20-point game score when you already had Levine, who's at 27, and Vucevic, who's at 22. Yeah, you and 13. always. You can, yeah, we need another wing scorer. Like, what's wrong? They just loaded you with got, talent. I, you know what I think happened? I think the Bulls saw what I saw. What'd you say? Lonzo isn't a primary facilitator of an offense. We want to use him more as a 3 and D point guard, which is why we're going to get a guy who, the past two years in San Antonio, has been a point forward for the Spurs to be our pseudo point guard of the offense. You think we paid Lonzo Ball to be a spot-up 3 and D? Yes. Okay. That doesn't make sense, bro. Like, it legit doesn't make sense. I know. It's, it's sense. the Bulls organization. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I know. What, you, what the moves you guys been doing, trading your assets, 
Doesn't make sense. Like the the whole reason for getting Lonzo was so we can have a playmaker behind, next to L- L- Zach Levine. Then because you Kobe got DeRozan. wasn't that. Then you got yo, DeRozan. You, yo, what's like? I don't like, bro. What's wrong with you? You can have multiple playmakers on the court. Like it's that's better because you can have multiple guys that so can make plays. So when the Bulls play next year and Lonzo is a three and D player and his usage is around the same as it was in the New Orleans Pelicans, when Demar and Levine are dominating the offensive possessions. Also, Vucevic. Vucevic needs his post touches. Lonzo is now the fourth option on that team. Scoring. Scoring. He yes. was always going to be the fourth you, option. Again, I mean, even for scoring, having the ball, you're the different. fourth option. No, Completely that's different. not true because Completely we can run pick-and-roll sets with uh, Vucevic and Lonzo. We can run pick-and-roll back cut doors for Zach Levine. He likes to do that. We can run off-ball sets. Like, you're not making sense. Zach can come off screens now because we actually 100%. have a point guard that can give him the ball. Zach and... Lonzo could run the fast break. Like Who's a better playmaker, DeRozan or Lonzo? I never said he was a no, better No, I'm just playmaker. asking you. I think DeMar right so now is a better playmaker. So if you guys are designing plays... Well, in a guys... fast break situation, I would want Lonzo with the ball and DeMar and Zach running the wings. I agree. In a pick and roll situation... Okay, that's Lonzo... a fa- fast break situation is completely different. Okay, but in a, in a half-court set, Lonzo has the ball, Zach coming off down screens, So Lonzo is going to have the ball over DeRozan. There's going to be a situation where he has the ball over DeRozan. Yes, DeRozan's not going to have the ball. First of all, DeRozan... So you're counting on Zach Levine being a completely changed off-ball player now. Zach wants to play more yeah, off-ball. I agree with that. But that's what you're saying, though. You're saying he will be that. Yes. Okay. It's not I like, think it's, it's going like to be he, the opposite. It's not like he's not going I to be I think the offense ball. is going to be DeRozan, Levine. It's going to be DeRozan being the primary playmaker. When that's not going, it's going to be... Levine getting a bucket, isoing, trying to get a bucket. And then the third option is Vucevic getting post touches, which means Lonzo is going to be relegated to a spot-up shooter role. Yes, he'll have his moments. That doesn't even make sense, Are you bro? guys expecting Levine's scoring numbers to go down? Slightly, yes. I, if, if they Lonzo want averaged to, 15 last year. If, is he averaging 15 next year? If they wanted to translate into wins, Levine needs to take a, a dip in points. Obviously, I don't even think he does. To, from 27, it's that's a lot to ask. He's, a, he's very efficient. I agree. Definitely, I'm not saying he's not. I just mean in the sense you have Vucevic now. You have DeMar DeRozan. You have Lonzo Ball, who you want to get involved yeah. into the offense as well. He needs to take a dip to around 25, 24 to 25. I still think that gives your team the best chance to be successful because that means you're incorporating everyone into the offense. I don't believe it's going to be a strictly isolation game with, with Zach being the ball. I feel as if it's going to bounce off between DeMar and Lonzo, facilitating that offense, getting it going, getting, getting Vucevic's touches down low. That's 100% going to in happen. In this day and age in the NBA, there are very few true point guards. Lonzo is not one of them. What I'm about to say is that offenses now run off the basis that we want the ball in our best players' hands. They are not going to give the ball to Zoe over Levine. They're not going to give the ball to Zoe over DeMar. Bro, you're not you're not making sense. I am making sense. No, you're not. You're just not understanding what I'm saying. No, you're not making because sense. Because Lonzo being the fourth option, what's the difference between being the fourth option and the second option as a playmaker? There's really no difference. If Levine <laughs> there's no really there's no difference in the modern NBA right now. There's no difference. Um, Draymond Green? There's no difference. Well, Draymond Green has a high usage, and he's the guy at the top but of the that's key. That's going to be Lonzo. So you a high usage? Hold on, not going to get used hold up, a lot. Hold up, <laughs> hold up. Last year, Draymond Green filled that role. Uh-huh. Who else on the Warriors could do that? Nobody. Wait, Draymond's been doing that for years. Which yeah, okay, been. you're right. What is Clay? He's an off the ball player, so it makes sense. Zach is not that. 
Demar is not that. He couldn't, he couldn't be, be that because but we, we needed him to be on the ball. Hold up. Last year, when the Nets traded for James Harden, and I told you James Harden could play off the ball, he did it in OKC. You told me that was nine years ago. That's why it didn't matter. But I told you he did it. Zach Levine has never done that. So why do you have faith that he's going to do it all of a sudden? Because now he's around actual Because you're, you're contradicting yourself. You, you, you said Harden myself. couldn't do it because he didn't do it in nine years. But Zach Levine has never done it. I'm and you think he can do it. He finally has talent now. Harden joined KD and Kyrie. He had to do that. I mean, he, he can play off the ball. That's not the point. Harden could always play off the ball. I'm just arguing his point. No, but because you believed Harden couldn't situation. do it. That's a different you situation. You didn't believe Harden could do it that's even though different. he did it. That's a completely different it's situation. It's not different. First of all, that was, that was dumb because James Harden and Zach Levine never it's experienced different. the same amount of touches. That First of all, that was just dumb. That was They're not even in the same situation. Second of all, I'm saying it's different because Zach Levine, it's, in, it's a completely different situation, okay, let's get out, bro. Let's get down to a point. Lonzo averaged 15 points per game last year. How, how, many, many, assists? how many assists did he average? Around six. You can search it up, but you're just right. fact no, check right. me. I okay, round six. Okay. Is he going to average more than 15 and six per game next year? I say more. If you more say six. yes, that more means six. you believe he's going to take a bigger role. If he doesn't average that or if he averages less, you're wrong. I would say more than six assists. I don't know about okay. the 15 points. So if he doesn't have assists. that, you're wrong. I'm wrong in terms of what? You're wrong that he's not being used in the offense because you're well, you expecting, well, you, okay, expecting okay, Zoe okay. to take off. So no, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying take off like goddamn he's an all star. But you're saying I'm telling you one thing: he's not no, going. No, he's, he's saying not, that he's going to be used. He's you're not saying that he's. I'm saying he's a fourth shooter. option. He's going to be relegated no, to the spot said, of three point shooter. You said role. that he is a fourth option, ball handling. You said that also. If you don't have yes, if you don't, when if is you a, don't have the ball? Hold on, hold up. If you're the fourth option as a score, that means you're the fourth person that gets the ball. That means you're the Not fourth person that's able to do something on offense. I just wait, wait, wait. Was Kyle down. Lowry the fourth op- fourth option in Toronto last year? Yeah, he was like the third, right? He was the third, but he was the who's the first person that gets the ball, guy? It was who? It was who? It was who? Oh, Lonzo's oh. not Lowry. No, but it was who though? But Lowry's no, but that that that's that your that whole point. That's that your whole point. Saying. No, it's not because well, just because he's the fourth you want to know option why? You want to know why that doesn't make sense? You want to you want to know why that doesn't make sense? Bringing the ball up, he isn't going to be the one getting. What do you want? Well, of course, you want to know why? Sense, you know why bro? that doesn't make sense? Siakam is a forward. Vucevic is a center. You're right. That's why if Lonzo was just signed with Levine, I'm fine with it because it's a two guard game between Lonzo and Levine. But now in Toronto. With Kawhi, Lowry, and Van Vliet. Who was getting the ball? Kawhi, right? Kawhi was getting the ball, right? It's about 2019. 20, 20, 2019, yeah. Kawhi was getting the ball. Siakam was the second option on that team. Lowry averaged 14 that year because his role was significantly decreased. Because he was setting everybody else up. And what did that translate to? Yes, but also the fourth option on <laughs> Toronto wasn't as good as a playmaker as Lowry is. Right now, Lonzo is going to be having to compete with DeMar Wait, say and Levine for, the, for touches. The fourth option on Toronto wasn't as good as a playmaker. He, uh, Kyle Lowry, what are you talking about? Yeah. Kyle Lowry, Kawhi, and Siakam. It was a three-man game between those three in Toronto. Right. Even with that fact, Lowry averaged 14 and 8. Right. Um, Zoe is going to be the fourth guy on that team. In terms of, Scoring. we got to get to the, it's just getting the ball regardless. It's he's, just getting the, the ball regardless. Guard. He's going to have the ball. It's just getting the ball regardless. They are not going to inbound him the ball. They are not going they are not going up. to give the ball to Zoe over Levine. 
as bad as Levine wants to play off the ball, uh, obviously, as bad as Levine wants to play off the ball, they are not going to give the ball to Zoe over Levine. Are they going to give the ball to Zoe over DeMar? The difference in Toronto is that it was a two-man game. There were two guys who were capable of running that offense. Who? In Chicago, well, Kawhi and Lowry, you had two options. So that, was, that could we have be, two options. No, you have three. Well, you oh. have you you have three. You have Vucevic, who's in the post, but you have DeMar and Levine. Levine is not going to be this off-ball player all of a sudden. Wait, but what makes he's you still think he's be a better a, playmaker than Lonzo? Levine? Yeah. I'm not saying he's a better playmaker, but I'm saying that the, he's a— The whole point of us bringing all these guys in because we didn't want— Levine to have to create everything for himself. You you understand? Like you understand that part, right? Because if you course, understand that part, but this you is what you're not understanding. No, I Lonzo saying, Lonzo bro. was brought in at first to do that, but once you brought in DeRozan, it minimizes DeRozan what has, Lonzo's impact DeRozan is going to be. Has Lever played with point guards before. He's been in the situation but with point game, guards. DeRozan's game has changed since Toronto, bro. Dejounte Murray was able to average 15 and seven with him. What? Like what? And they didn't Lonzo's have they didn't have Lamarcus Aldridge Lonzo the entire year. Lonzo was a year. better playmaker. They didn't than have Dejounte. You're talking about San Antonio, Demar, and Dejounte Murray is two man game. But in Chicago, it's going to be Vucevic, Demar, Levine. And Vucevic literally opens up the floor and creates more open looks he for other guys, bro. Well. They can space. Wait, hold on. Okay. Oh my God, what the hell? I'm talking to a goddamn wall. Vucevic opens up the floor for other guys. That part, the part of that open, the part of that floor being opened up, results in what? For Lonzo. More pick and roll opportunities. No, no. I'm just saying. He opens up the floor. So I'm saying, let's say you give him you give him a touch in the post. He's posting up. Why do you think he's going to always teams, get a touch in the teams, post? Teams, I'm not saying he's always going to get it, but he's definitely going to get it. He is, but why do you think he's always going to get a touch in I the never post? said he's always going to get a touch in the post. Because you're making it seem like Lonzo's never going to touch the ball and be able to create opportunities. No, the I point said bringing him in to I never said, I never said he's never going to touch the ball. I said he's going to be the fourth guy to touch the ball. So you're saying Lonzo's bringing the ball up, and then the offense is going to go through Zach. Then Demar, then Vucevic, then Lonzo. I think Demar will be the primary playmaker on Chicago next year. And you think that's what's going to happen? I think Zoe will be relegated to a spot up shooter role. Okay, so if he's not relegated to a spot up shooter role, you're wrong. Of course, I'm wrong if he's not relegated to a spot up shooter role. But if he doesn't average more, I don't agree. If he doesn't average more than what he did assist wise or points per game wise in Chicago, I'm right. How does that even make sense? Because if he, because if he, if, hold on. But if he's not a spot up shooting role, if he put, he can put up the same numbers and still not be a spot up shooter. You do know that, right? Like you, you understand that, right? So we'll check usage. We'll check all these other stats. Okay. We can check all that stuff. All, all I mean, those you said you're going to watch it, so you can wa you can watch and pretty much clearly see. I mean, that I can watch it that. and see, but I'll see that I know Chicago is going through Zach. They're going through Demar. Then they're going through Vucevic before they think about. But Lonzo. you can go. But do you know what? Like uh, <laughs> Zach Levine. <laughs> Zach Levine is the type of player, bro. Zach Levine is the type of player where, perfect example, not even perfect example, Phoenix, right? Not saying, I'm not saying Lonzo Ball is Chris Paul, but they ran their offense through Devin Booker. But Devin Booker didn't always have the ball, bro. They ran he their can, offense through Chris Paul. He can come off the screen. No, listen, they run, no, they run their offense through Devin Booker, but Chris Paul is the primary the ball handler. Correct. Devin is coming off screen. He's hitting back through. That's what Lonzo is going to be. Like, it's not, it's, that's, that's, that's what Lonzo is going to be, bro. They he's didn't run the their primary. offense through Devin he's Booker. Be they the, ran it through Chris Paul. Okay. Chris I, Paul okay. ran the offense. Who was, who was the offense, primary offense on the team? Devin Booker was a scorer. He was the primary offense. But Chris Paul was the guy that you look at the usage percentage. Look at the usage. Chris Paul was the guy who was getting into pick and rolls with DeAndre and creating for everybody else. The difference with Phoenix is that outside of Chris Paul, 
Who can do that? Nobody. In Chicago, it's going to be DeMar. They're not going to look at Zoe before they look at DeMar. It's going to be DeMar. No, bro, you're not. It's going to be DeMar and Levine. Then it's going to be Zoe. Why would you keep saying it's going to be Levine? Because they're not going to relegate Levine into a off-ball, spot-up shooter guy. Coming, just coming off the screens. They're not going to relegate him to that role. You literally just said he's going to be a spot-up shooter. Levine? That's what you ju- no, you said Lonzo's going to be a spot-up shooter. I'm talking about Levine right now. He did. He is. Oh, Le- why, yeah, so why? You guys to listen better. Why, why, you, are, why, are, um, why right. isn't Levine going to do that? Because he's never played that way in his career. We have a whole new coach. We have a whole new GM. We have a whole new team. Do you think they just wasted $20 million a year to not run Lonzo? Specific he, wait, yes. no, stop talking because he did it a little bit last year with Sanerenski. You want to know why? He did it a little bit last yeah. year. So what is he talking about? You want to know why? What? what? He didn't watch this one time. Because the Bulls paid Lonzo, and I can guarantee you they had no assumption or idea that DeMar was going to sign with them. Because DeMar this entire offseason has said he wants to play for a winner. He wants to take less money to play for a winner. Then he goes to these lovable losers in Chicago. They're not a winner. He takes a big-ass contract. Now, because they have DeMar, Zoe's role gets decreased, whichever way you slice it. When you have three prolific players, three all-star caliber players, and Levine, DeMar, and Vucevic, Lonzo is going to be the odd man out in that offense. If you think he's going to run the offense over these guys— you're crazy. He's a point guard. So or when, over 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 Levine and over Demar. He's not gonna. So you're when, crazy. When DeRozan guard, was on the Raptors and his point guard was Kyle Lowry. He averaged four assists the most. The most. He went to San Antonio where he needed to be the prime. Needed to be the primary ball handler. But the thing is that Demar in Toronto wasn't that playmaker. He improved significantly in Toronto, he, in San Antonio. Because he what? Because he, he, he needed to be. Oh, okay. He needed to be. But he improved significantly because in San Antonio. Just say it one more time. Yeah, he needed to be. But it doesn't matter. Now he's that player. Now he is that but, player. But like you said, James Harden was able to go and completely change his game going from one spot to another. It, is, it isn't in this possibility, realm of possibility, that he, he changes his game to be more offensive gear. Even Harden didn't significantly change his game, though, because... When they first made the trade, I thought Harden was going to be relegated to more of an off-ball role. But then when he got to Brooklyn, what was the first thing that happened? Kyrie came out and said, he's a point guard. Mm -hmm. So Harden got that co-sign, I have the ball all the time. So he didn't have to change his game from Houston. I've said it multiple times. Harden's playing the same way he did in Houston. He's just taking less shots, and that's why he's more efficient. He didn't have to change his game in Brooklyn. He just became the primary ball handler, and Kyrie went into his natural position. So wait, did Harden play off ball or no? He didn't play off ball in Brooklyn. So you were wrong. So then I'm wondering where. No, I was wrong. I was wrong about him playing off ball because I thought it was going to happen with Kyrie being the point guard. So but you said in terms of the fit, I was totally right about the fit. I'm just going back to when you said that he, that Riv said that he couldn't play off ball because it's been a year since he's played off ball. But no, yeah, have to we we seen it from Harden though before, and even in Houston with Kevin McHale. We've seen it as well. So we've seen it with DeMar that he could be a primary scorer and then when he doesn't... Sure, but even in Toronto, <laughs> when you're the second scoring option and you're averaging four assists, that's not too bad. When you're when Kyle Lowry is the main guy and you're averaging four assists still, that's not too bad. So is it in the realm to say that maybe DeMar is going to be comfortable with Lonzo being a primary Correct. ball handler? 
I think right now when you have been watching the Pelicans and you have been watching the Lakers throughout the years and you watch Zoe play, Zoe has never been that primary ball handler outside of his rookie year where he got a couple runs. But then that second year when he played with LeBron, he never got a chance to be in that position. When he got traded to the Pelicans with Brandon Ingram, he was the, the guy. Then this past season when Zion was the point forward in New Orleans, Levine, I mean, Zoe has never shown us he can be the primary or secondary ball handler on a team, and that team can thrive. That's why I'm under the assumption that one of these two things happened. Chicago saw Zoe and saw untapped potential, and they gave him a huge contract. And that's fine. But then they were totally caught off guard when DeMar was like, I'm open to play in Chicago, not knowing how it would affect, how it would affect Zoe. The second thing is that Chicago's front office believes that Zoe's more natural position is a 3 and D point guard, which is why they went out aggressively to get DeMar DeRozan to, to secure a sign and trade because they know DeMar can be our playmaker for our offense. Levine is still going to get his ISO touches and do what he does, and Vucevic is going to be fine. And that makes the most sense because based on their roster construction, when you have Vucevic playing the way he plays, being able to be being able to suck in a defense and create double teams, it's going to lead for open shots for Zoe, for Levine, for Williams. DeRozan from the mid-range, that's fine. DeMar being a playmaker, it's going to lead to more opportunities for Zoe on the outside. Yes, Zoe's going to get some opportunities, but Chicago's not going to give him the ball over DeMar or Levine. It's different when it's a two-man game. In Toronto, Kawhi and Larry, two-man game. Portland with Damon CJ, it's a two-man game. But once you have three guys, guards basically, because DeMar DeRozan, he's transitioned to a forward, but he's really a more natural guard. When you have three guards now, one guy's going to get left out. It's not going to be Zach Levine, and it's not going to be DeMar DeRozan. So I'm obviously, this is an extreme, extreme case. Clay, Curry, KD, Dre all coexisted in one offense. Why? Ball movement. Ball movement. Is Zoe not going to be able to create that? Different different kind of thing. Curry, always known as being a prolific off-ball player. Clay, always known as being a prolific off-ball player. Nobody on the Bulls right now and their top guys have ever been that. KD seamlessly could fit anywhere. He, he's, he's just KD. one of the best players we've ever seen. He's KD. Draymond was that primary guy, and there was never a second guess about it because... We know these guys play off the ball. Draymond is our playmaker. With the Chicago, there's not that realization of that. You don't think they're going into the season thinking, we just gave Lonzo Ball $20 million. He is a point guard. Sure, you have a point. They also just gave DeMar $85 million, more than Zoe. But he's a scorer. We, like, I know for a fact DeMar is a better scorer than Lonzo. If Lonzo is a good facilitator, why not cater to his strengths as opposed to trying to make him this DeRozan better? is a better playmaker than so. He averaged 6.9 assists. He, he had a really good he had really good but assists even for that, the last season. Like DeRozan is a better playmaker than Zo. At this point in career, we're talking about Toronto, DeRozan, you got a point. But he's evolved his game in San Antonio because he's had to play in that role and that's why he got better. He's a better playmaker than Zo right now. You're not going to take the ball out of DeRozan's or Levine's hands to cater to Zoe. It may happen once in a while, but 
yes, I do believe they paid Lonzo $20 million and probably could have gotten a better or a guy is equal va- of equal value that was going to bring what Zoe's going to bring next year. If you think Zoe's going to be the second ball handler, he's going to be the go-to guy to initiate the offense, I think you're crazy. I'll let you get the final remark. <laughs> I think thinking that we paid him 20 mil a year to be a spot-up 3 and D player with a completely new front office is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Probably. I mean, you guys I mean, we'll see, have though. made bad we'll, moves. No, our old GM has made bad moves. You also traded two first-round picks for Vucevic. Yeah, we'll see if it pans I, out. I don't hate that that move. I understand that now they have a lot of I mean, they, they weird fits. Sacrifice but. a lot of their assets to win now. To win now. To be competitive, yeah. To be competitive. But wouldn't you rather them be competitive than what they've been continuously doing over the last Not few to seasons? sacrifice what they've done. I maybe slightly if I'm if I'm in that position, maybe because the fan base is so hungry to see winning basketball. Which is But even with the Knicks, like last year, we didn't think we were gonna be the fourth seed. It happened, but we didn't think it was going to happen. But if you remember in the 2019 offseason with the free agents with KD and Kyrie, if you pay attention to the Knicks fans' feelings about that offseason, if, if we didn't get KD or Kyrie, we didn't want to settle for Kemba. We didn't want to settle for a Tobias Harris. We didn't want to settle for a Jimmy Butler because we knew it's like uh, we're, we're going to be mediocre anyway if we get those guys. We got Randall. First year, he didn't pan out, but the next year he did. But that was unexpected because we knew we were in a rebuild. I think Chicago probably should be in a rebuild, still getting assets. I think right now this team is just made up of a bunch of misfits. That's why I don't think it's going to work as much as people think it's going to work. I don't think they're a top five seed in the East. I don't think there's a sixth seed. They're not better than the Knicks. They're going to be a seventh, eighth seed. And if things go terribly wrong in terms of the fit of the team, they might not even make the playoffs. That's a huge possibility. It's a possibility, but there's also a possibility that we're better than the Knicks. So there's no like, possibility like I, and on earth that you're better than the Knicks next year. The Knicks have expectations going into this next and we, season. We're ready for it. It's I'm not York. listen. Like I said, we, there's a possibility that we can be better than the Knicks. The Knicks aren't like not a chance. Not worried about that. Like I said before, our our GM has talked about it repeatedly. We want a, a true point guard to open the floor for Zach Levine. He's spoken about it multiple times. I don't know what he's talking about. DeMar DeRozan is another ball handler. It's always great to have multiple ball handlers on the floor making multiple plays. I agree. It's a team ball movement. I don't. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's talking Levine about. Levine is not a true point guard. I mean, Lonzo is not a true point guard. We'll, we'll see. You know, this year we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see like this year. We'll see the usage. We'll, we'll definitely see. gonna make the playoffs. We'll see the points. We'll I see the assists. Yeah, we'll make the playoffs. Top five. Top five was a strong. Uh, I, I never said we was gonna I, be top five. I know, but neither of them. Word. It's, it's a strong. Are we gonna be question. top five for sure? I, we're going to be top five for sure. They're it's, not going to be top five. Eight. We're going to be top five we're for sure. We're about to talk about it. So. And it's the next topic right here. Yeah. You know, where do the Knicks rank amongst the top teams in the Eastern Conference? And I'll go first. We're the fourth, we're the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. We're better than Atlanta. The we're team better is, than Chicago. The team that we're hey, better I, than Indiana. I saw your rankings on Twitter. We're, and, seating, wait, are you better yes. than Philly? Absolutely. No doubt about it. Especially with the turmoil going, on, turmoil going on with Ben Simmons. We are better than Philly as well. I'll rank the Knicks third because... There is a chance we can get that third seed. There is a chance we can be better than Miami. But are you the third because best team? This, let him finish. Let him finish. I because the signings that we made were awesome. Our two biggest weaknesses last year we got exposed in the playoffs. You're totally right. 4-1. We couldn't. We didn't have another shot creator outside of Randall. RJ still developing that part of part of his game. And we didn't have knockdown shooters. 
We signed Evan Fournier to replace <laughs> Reggie Bullock. Evan Fournier, these last two years in Orlando, has averaged 20 points per game and shot 40% from three. Pretty cool contract. We got him on. Kemba Walker just got him. $8 million per year. Last two seasons in Boston has averaged 20 points per game and has shot 38% from three and 36% from three. Now we have three legitimate guys who can get us a bucket at any single time on this team in this starting lineup. And RJ, I'm counting on him to make a third-year leap. and He's going to make a gigantic leap. I'm not delusional thinking that Cam Reddish is even on the same galaxy as RJ like Riv is right now. He's still delusional about that. We re-signed Derrick Rose. Our record with Rose was phenomenal. He was a huge part to our team. Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel was top six in blocks per game. And we brought back Gibson, so whatever happens to Mitch or Noel, we still got Gibson. And the best move of all, we re-signed Randall four years, $117 million. I've been vocal about me not wanting to re-sign him long-term if, if the contract was crazy, but he's the 39th highest paid player in the NBA. He took a pay cut to be a New York Nick, something nobody for Chicago's doing. You know, Blonzo's getting overpaid to go to Chicago. Nobody's doing that for Chicago. They know New York. Everybody wants to be in New just York. Just paid for near $78 million. We are locked to the be hell? the fourth seed, and Evan Fournier is better than Lonzo Ball, and he's getting paid less. <laughs> I don't know about that one. He's getting paid less. Did you just re-sign Nerlens Noel? Nerlens Noel was top six in blocks last year. Oh, my gosh. We are the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. We are locked to be the, the fourth best team. We could be the third, but no lower than fourth. Fourth is our floor. It's our absolute floor. We're better than Boston. We're better than Chicago. We're better than Philly. And we're better than Atlanta. And that Atlanta series oh God. pisses me off. <laughs> the reason why it pisses me off is because we lost in five. Sure. Gentlemen sweep. Say what you want. Game one came down to the wire. If Trey Young doesn't hit that floater, we win that game. That series was closer to six than it was to a sweep. That's just what it was. Our last two games, we played abysmal, which is why people have this perception of our team. But in reality, the first four games were very competitive. And we were missing, and we did, we, and Randall had arguably his worst stretch of the year in that playoff, something that's not going to happen again. RJ, they didn't play well either. Our two best players did not play well at all. Next year, that's not going to happen. We brought in Fournier to make sure we got a floor space. We brought in Kemba Walker to make sure we got a guy there. You look at Atlanta versus the New York Knicks. Trey Young is better than Kemba. We know that. Fournier is better than Bogdanovich. RJ is better than Disagree. Hunter. Disagree. Randall is better than Collins. And Mitch Wait. next year oh, will be later. Mitch next year wasn't even healthy the entire year. We, we didn't have him in the playoffs. That was huge. He will be in consideration for DPOY next year when healthy, and he's going to be better than Clint Capella next year. And our bench is better than Atlanta as well. Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, I think it's going to be better as well. None of those in a well. That's a good bench. It's the same bench they uh, lost with. We are going to be the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. And if if you want to say Atlanta could, you know, be better than us, I I don't got a problem with it. But bottom line is that if we meet Atlanta again in the playoffs, we're going to get our revenge. But one thing's for certain, there's no way in hell Chicago is going to be better than us. We have your coach that you had the most success with since you've been alive with with our coach, Tom Thibodeau. He's our guy. He's not your guy anymore. He's our guy. He's better than Billy Donovan. The Knicks are better than the Chicago Bulls. There's no doubt about it. Your fandom is coming out. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. The Um, Knicks are better than Chicago Bulls. The Knicks are not a top five seed in the East. Not, Not a top five. First of all, 
You're not better than the Nets. That's clear as day. You're not better than the Bucs. You're not better than Miami. You're not better than Philly. You could say the turmoil all day, all night. When they throw out that, if they throw out that same roster that they have, they're better than you guys. You're not better than the team that just destroyed y'all. And you, like, they, they spanked y'all in the garden. Like, come on. Like, I got to keep going. I no, got I got I already had it up. I just wanted to look at these scores cuz you you said it last two games are bad. 127-137 they beat you in overtime. If Trey Young doesn't you went to overtime, you had a chance to win you lost. 107-105. That's a that's a pretty good game. They oh. won. They won 107-105. No, no, the Hawks won. Okay. They won game 2. 101-92. It was a good game. 105-94. Game 3. Game 4. 96 to 113 points. Game five, 103 to 89. Bro, this team, first of all, the Hawks team, first of all, the guys you brought back, Daryl Rose, Alec Burke, Nerlens Noel, they were obviously key pieces to your team. So I'm not going to sit here and play stupid. They were key. Derrick Rose, you guys got Derrick Rose. You guys started playing amazing. Derrick Rose is really good for you in the playoffs. Julius Randle, he didn't play good. We don't know what to expect next year. Hopefully, you know, he plays better. But his first time in the playoffs wasn't good. RJ Barrett, same thing, his first time in the playoffs. Wasn't good. Obviously, you didn't have Mitch throughout the year. But your fandom is really, really starting to show. Atlanta, they were better than y'all because they all understood their roles and they were hitting threes at a really high clip. And Trey Young just completely outperformed Julius Randle by a, a scale of a margin. Bogdan Bogdanovich, listen, the, the Fournier guy, you keep saying he's better. You keep bringing up these Orlando stats, but you keep missing the Boston stats. I don't know why you keep doing that. It's really weird to me. Say the you whole. I mean, where he shot forty four percent from three. Yeah, in and averaged thirteen points. He didn't like he 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 what, really what get was into his, it. What was his role there? The same thing as Bogdanovich's role. That's what it's well, going to be. And he averaged thirteen points. Kemba was out. Jalen Brown was out. No, he played with Kemba for a majority of. He didn't play with Jalen Brown. Kemba missed the last two games. I'm talking that finals. That excuse me, that that playoff series. Oh, we talking about? The, I'm talking about just the season when he got traded there. Oh, I thought you were talking. Yeah. Oh, regular season he averaged 13. The playoffs he averaged 15. He's doing exactly what Bogdanovich does. It's the same size. I don't know why he keeps throwing those Orlando well, we, numbers. We seen. Up. Oh, yeah, because Evan Fournier in Orlando was the second option to yeah. Vucevic. Was okay. the closer for their team. Made the playoffs and two now years in a row. Orlando wasn't good. He was a second option. He's not good. But you say in Orlando he wasn't good? No, Orlando wasn't good. They made the playoffs two years in a row. In a, in the East that really wasn't that great. Oh, but they made the playoffs. They they were a good team. In the bubble? They really? were an okay team. No, they were a good team. You know, they make the they made the playoffs. Uh semantics. They were the, they made the playoffs. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my God. Listen. That's five teams. Nets, Bucks, Atlanta, Heat, Philly. You can argue Boston. I, I think I, I would probably put the Knicks over Boston because mm. they have more depth. But Jason Tatum can change that. Jalen Brown, Jason Easily. Tatum can change that on any game night. I have the Knicks as a seventh, sixth team in the East right now. I think bringing all their guys back and making R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle continue to improve along Indiana? with getting Mitch back. I don't think Indiana has a lot of good players, but you know I, I don't. I don't know if I could put them over the Knicks right now. Okay. Honestly, I, I like the Knicks defense. Okay. I like how gritty they get. But come playoff time, it's really going to come down to that offense. Can R.J. Barrett make that step and be that guy? He played like garbage. You said he was better than DeAndre Hunter. I don't know about that. DeAndre Hunter was yes. really well for the games he played. He was really well. I, I'll RJ. probably put them on, e on even par right now. But Julius Randle has to be better. You paid him to be the guy. He has to be that guy. He didn't play well in the playoffs. For you guys to take teams like the Heat, the Bucks, Atlanta, you have to have that guy that comes out and show, and Julius Randle hasn't shown that, RJ Barrett hasn't showed that, so in year three, this for RJ, year three, he has to improve, Randle, second year as the man, he has to improve, but 
as far as I'm concerned, Evan Fournier doesn't move the needle for me to put you guys in the top five. He's a really good shooter. He's a really good player. He's a cone on defense. Kemba Walker, we've seen him. He's injury prone. Even when we've seen him play, he hasn't been Kemba Walker. He's still a guy who lacks defense. He's a guy who he isn't that great of a playmaker. He's very inefficient. Sometimes he doesn't show up. So I, I personally think... Kemba's inefficient. In the playoffs, yes. He has been inefficient in the playoffs. Oh, wait, well, but we're talking about right now regular season seating. Uh, the question is, fair. where do fair. the Knicks rank amongst teams in the East? That's the question. It wasn't about regular season seeding. I uh, mean, we're basing that off where they're going to rank at the end of the year in terms of the standings. But I, I'm thinking big picture. I'm thinking who's the best time, teams in the East. Like you talking about? Who's the best East based on roster construction? Yeah, that's what we're talking about in the and East. You the, could be a third seed, but because the team's getting hurt, you can easily be a third, fourth seed. But, but we're grant. Well, this this whole debate is basing that. These players are going to be healthy. No, we're not. We're not walking into this of debate course. thinking they're going to be okay. injured. Of course, well, I agree. Okay, I, I still have you guys have a, as a six or seven seed. Because if we five. were, then you wouldn't put Jalen Brown where you you wouldn't put the Celtics where you put the Celtics because of Jalen Brown because he's would hurt. He was hurt. I'm talking about going into next year. Going into next this yeah. But he's still coming off an injury. It was a so I'm risk. saying, but I'm saying if we're debating injury. something, we're obviously debating. It barring injury, everybody helps. Oh yeah, that's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what, exactly what I'm absolutely. saying. You guys are like six or seven seed. I don't. You guys, you saying you're better than a team where you didn't make any high key moves to make you better than that team is a grigory. Like they they beat y'all in five games, bro. Like they embarrassed y'all at y'all home. They beat y'all in five games. Trey Young embarrassed y'all. Your players did not come to play. Like the same guys you're bringing in, aside from Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier and losing Reggie. Like the same, Bruce basically the same well. guys. He did. You Rose got embarrassed. Y'all got embarrassed. Like, last two games, it was bad. It, first four games, we, we were okay. I mean, first three games, we were good. Yeah. And then the last two games, you got embarrassed on your home floor and then their home floor. Five games. Game. I mean, like I mentioned before, that you, series was closer to six games than it was to a sweep. How do you figure? It wasn't it because, was a five because the first game went into overtime. And you lost That's anybody's by 10 game. points. It was also the Hawks. It, it doesn't. It was our first playoff game, too. Agreed. No, so sure. I'm saying, it's not like we got completely... Blown off the court. The last two games, I said it. So it could be was, close to That six. was the beginning thing I said. First two, last two games, yes. We didn't play well. We got blown off the court. But those first three games, we played well. We could have won the first one. We could have took a 2-0 lead on them realistically. So we didn't get embarrassed in those first three games. They were competitive games. We got embarrassed at the end. We were, those, were, those were competitive games. Let me ask you. Talk to me. Is Evan Fournier better than Reggie Bullock? Oh, you definitely made an upgrade at that. Oh, okay. Well, on offense, yeah. Is is Kemba Walker better than Alfred Payne? I was a starting point guard. Offensively, yes. He's just a better player. Like Kemba's just a better. These player. are two guys who you literally die, downgrade on defense. It's that's a fact. Alfred Payne played 15 minutes. It's not. He was. He had. He was the only player on our team that had a minus plus minus. That, yeah, his offense is pretty garbage. It was both. It wasn't his defense. Wasn't this thing that this big thing you're acting like it was? It wasn't that. Kemba Walker isn't a good defender though. I'm not saying he uh, is. And Fournier but I'm is saying, definitely a drop but I'm off saying on defense. Fournier is better than Payne by Agreed. a significantly Agreed. wide oh, margin. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. No, and I Fournier, agree. even though Bullock is a better defender, Fournier is significantly Agreed. better than Agreed. Reggie Bullock. So yes, we did significantly improve. We're talking about RJ, who's going into his third year, who's going to take that leap. RJ has shown no signs of not improving. You talk about RJ doesn't show up. Yes, five-game sample size. He didn't play well. Even though one of those games, he actually did play well. He had 21 points. And Cam, oh, Reddish, gets, and Cam Reddish gets praised for a 21-point-per-game performance. RJ Barrett, rookie year, biggest question mark, can he shoot? Second year, he shoots 40% from three. 
He proved people wrong. He could shoot. And he started the season off very slow. He missed, I think, 18 straight threes at one point in the season. Julius Randle improves to an all-NBA player. Yes, he didn't show up in the playoffs, but it's because they were collapsing on Randle and nobody on the outside can create or hit their own shot. We fixed those problems. What did Atlanta do? Atlanta did nothing outside of bring DeLon Wright. What did they need to do? Why they wouldn't to, they need to do something? They just have to continue to improve as what they they've been doing. The they roster. made it to the ECF with the with the Eastern Conference that, that you couldn't do. Well, we're going to talk about the Hawks in a bit because that run was extremely fluky. You couldn't do it. Their moves this offseason that have been getting praised so much was drafting Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson aren't even going to play. DeLon Wright was their best free agent move, and, and they just brought their they guys back. They need to do anything. They brought, they brought everybody back in an Eastern Conference that got significantly better. The Knicks got better. Everybody got better outside of Atlanta. They stayed the same. My thing with you is you keep, and this is, this is where the, the fandom comes out, because you keep talking about RJ is going to do this. He's going to make that leap. Julius Randle's going to make that leap. Even if this, RJ gives hold, me this 18 points a game, which he gave me last year, I'm fine with it. Mitch is going to make that leap. I expect him to have a big jump. What about Trey Young? What about DeAndre Hunter? What about if John Collins come back? What about John Collins? What about he Kevin Herter? Yeah, what, what about Kevin Herter? Hold, hold, what about those guys? The same guys that you said, you talking about your team who they didn't play good. They're expected to make the jump. What about the guys that actually played good? What about their jump? Why do you keep dismissing them but keep praising the guys who didn't play good? I know your fandom keeps coming out, but it's Kevin Herter, he can make a jump. Same thing with DeAndre. He wasn't even, he was barely healthy when he played you guys. And he still put up 11 points on this calm efficiency. Calm efficiency. 11 is great. Calm. It's not great, but he wasn't healthy. He was just coming back from the injury. He can still make a jump. Trey Young can continue to still improve. John Collins can continue to still improve. Like, these are young guys. Mind you, younger than the guy you just paid, who, you. this is the same team who just beat Chop in five. They can continue to improve. This is the same team. So stop saying, oh, RJ, I expect this. RJ. This the same thing you could say for them is the same thing we could say for Atlanta, the team that just went to the Eastern Conference Final. You could say whatever you want about that run. You couldn't beat them, and you were healthy. So you can say whatever you want about that run. Philly was healthy. They beat Philly. Yao was healthy. They beat Shaw. They did that in their first run. The same way how you say this is RJ's first run. That was Trey's first run. That was John's first run. That was their first run. John's 14-11 first run. Word. That was John's first. That was their first run. And they went to the ECF. That's only going to help them improve as a team and improve that cognuity. All you guys have done is brought in a Kemba Walker who had a garbage game his last game he played in the playoffs and wasn't good for Boston. And then you brought in Evan Fournier. Who is a good shooter? I'm not going to knock him. He's, he's a he, good player he, all he, around. He's, he's good for his role. He's good for his role. I'm not going to sit there and knock that. You made that improvement in the backcourt. But let's be realistic. Kemba Walker is probably not that much better than Derrick Rose right now. He might be better. Well, that's might Derrick be Rose is a starter. Yeah. Derrick Rose is really good. Yeah, Trey Young is better than both of them. He's going to continue to improve. That team is going to improve. So stop knocking the team. When they just beat you on five and went to the ECF, bro. Like, this that's, is the that's team cool. that's going to continue you, you to improve. Just, you just said a whole lot of nothing. Like, come on, because. Man. There's a four-year rule in sports that we all acknowledge. Everybody acknowledges this four-year four-year rule in sports. There are some exceptions. There are some outliers to the to the rule. Four like Julius rule. Randle last year, we had an All NBA season, but nobody was expecting that. After your fourth year, we kind of know what type of player you're going to be. Trey Young, you're right, but I'm not expecting him to be anything less than a superstar. I never said Trey Young was was oh he's gonna be what he's gonna be. I think we all know what Trey Young is going to be. He's going to be a goddamn star. We know that. Kevin Herter, off the bench, 
how bigger of a how bigger of an impact is he realistically going to have? I am talking about a guy who's going to have a big impact on the Knicks and RJ Barrett. Mitchell Robinson didn't play at all last year. He played 29 games. And amongst that 2018 draft class, win shares. It's Luca, it's Aiden, and it's Mitch. Mitch contributes significantly to winning. And we didn't even have him last year. You talk about Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is going to be what we think is going to be. He's a good player. Okay, that's cool. John Collins, four years into his career, going on five. I mean, I think this this was his fifth season this past season. It's going to be his fifth season. We kind of know what Collins is going to be. Like, don't say that negatively. Like he's, yeah, he's a good player, but we like how much bigger of a jump he's going to take. Wait, wait, wait. How can you say that when Julius Randle just had a jump six years later? No, I said, I literally said there are a few outliers. I literally said there are a few outliers. So that's what I'm saying. The Atlanta Hawks team, okay, sure. Trey Young, we know he's a star. I'll give you DeAndre Hunter. He wasn't healthy. He could definitely significantly improve. Even Cam Reddish, you're so high on Cam Reddish. He could improve too. But outside of those three guys, everybody else, we know what they're going to be. That's so, the same thing for Kemba, Fournier. Well, we know what Kemba oh wait, is. Well, did, did I once say Kemba was going to take a leap? But you, but did I once say Fournier was going to take a leap? But you're saying that, but you that know, he's going to impact this your is, squad wait, wait, to no, get over the Yeah, he's going to impact it because we had Alfred Payne starting last year. I'm mean, Reggie this is, Bullock. This is year four for Mitch. Looking at it right How, now. Hawks are going to take their same. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You said the year, the four-year rule. That's fine. But Mitch, Mitch to me, is not somebody who's going to just be an all-star. He's going to be a great defensive player. That's what he's going to be. I never, I said Kemba and Fournier because we had Alfred Payne and Reggie Bullock starting last year. Of course, these guys are major upgrades. I never said once, Randall's going to take a leap. Fournier is going to take a leap. Kemba. I just said Randall's not going to play as bad as he did in the playoffs this past season that he's going to do next year. I don't think he's going to repeat that. How can we say that for certain? Because the way because he shot he shot Randall shot better from three than he did from the field. I don't expect that to happen again. Dude, I think he dropped his averages like something scary. I have it right here, one hundred percent. His efficiency was god awful. I know how bad Randall was. Not once that I mentioned our older players and say they're going to take a leap. All I mentioned was RJ and that Mitch didn't even play versus Atlanta. And I think he would have made a difference. Would have it would it have been huge? Maybe not. Maybe could have we take could we taken him to, to six with Mitch? Possibly. I'm just saying our young guys, especially RJ, the guy that I'm looking 18. at the most. I was yeah. RJ's the guy I'm looking at the most. Yeah, he'll take a leap. And, and he even shot 30%. And even that 18 mile Randall is better than John Collins' averages. Of course, the efficiency is way off. But you need Randall to be the best offensive weapon on, on the Knicks for you guys to be successful. Sure. This Collins needs sure. to be one. This needs to be two. Randall? Any given that, he could be four, and it'd be It fine. doesn't matter because okay, you have— Okay, and guess— That's why Atlanta's so and dangerous. You know for and, a fact Trey Young's going to be there to drop 30. Absolutely correct. And what did the Knicks do this year? They made it so Randall doesn't have to have that load every single I mean, night. Fournier, if, yes. Rand- if Randall is off, okay, Fournier, you can you can give a 17 or 25 if but, you want to. But it's not like Fournier's been this all-world player even in the postseason. It's like he's shot 37% from the field and 31% from three. I mean, do you trust Kemba right now? I think Kemba's still a great player. I think he's a really good player. Kemp, and for Fournier, Kemp- and Drew, this is why I don't put too much stock into these numbers. Because, yes, Fournier... Oh boy. Wasn't exceptional in the playoffs, but one two reasons why. One, he was Blazers. facing the first seed in the, in each freaking 
playoff playoff year. Play each time we made the playoffs, he was facing the first seed at an elite defense. But you're saying two, that, that the Atlanta they are, really didn't play that well. But RJ two, shot what? What two, from the field? But two, they are five game sample sizes. I'm talking about the season. How are we going to fare in the season? Let's look at what Fournier does in a season. Fournier now is the third option on the Knicks, probably the fourth. It's it's Was probably he the third option in Boston. Yes, right. Possibly thirteen. Fifteen in the regular season. No, it was thirteen in regular. It was fifteen in the playoffs. And he was the third option. So he's probably gonna what fourteen, fifteen with. Well, no, that's he's an upgrade from Reggie Bullock. Well, of course, we, we 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 already established yeah, that. So we, he's but I'm upgrade. saying that the Knicks have made moves this offseason to the point that Randall doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to shoulder the load every single night because <clears throat> Kemba can drop twenty any night. Fournier can drop twenty any night. RJ, you really trusting Kemba right now, bro? He just averaged twenty points per game last season with Boston. Then you don't take numbers into consideration, but then you could say, "Oh, he averaged twenty points, so I know he's going to be good." Wait, hold up! I never said I didn't take numbers into consideration. I just said I'm not going to. I never said that I'm not going to. I'm just not going to evaluate an entire player's performance based on a five game sample but then size. You're giving credit to twenty, but how about the five points that he scored against Toronto? That's one freaking game, bro. But and how about the one for nine shooting that he had against? Okay. Miami. That's two games. We are talking. Okay, so now it's in the, two games. In the regular season, it's 50 plus game sample size. How about the last game that size. he had against the Nets? He was horrible. I mean, he only played 40 games. Right now, I'm more so worried about what Kemba and Fournier are bringing us to the regular season. When we get to the playoffs, we'll get to the playoffs and we'll evaluate them there. But isn't the but ultimate every, goal playoffs, but, dude? Of course. But every single playoff run is different. We have players who are known playoff chokers. Kyle Lowry was that for a majority of years in Toronto. One playoff run, the entire perception changed. Chris Middleton was that for entire years in Milwaukee. One great playoff run, the entire perception changed. So what is, what is in your the team playoffs, known as right now? In the playoffs, because it's a five-game sample size and because teams are heavily game-planned for, efficiency numbers can be very volatile. Efficiency numbers don't tell the whole story because we know, statistically, efficiency goes down in the playoffs. That's just a fact. Efficiency goes down in the playoffs. That's a very vague statement to say. Or it's not a, a vague statement. Broad statement. It is. Devin, but, but De- Devin, Devin, Booker, Devin Booker wasn't efficient in the playoffs. But his points per game didn't decrease by seven, eight. No, points. but I'm saying RJ dropped four points per, per game as well. Julius Randle like, dropped about eight. He dropped, yeah, he Wait, dropped. Randall, you said RJ dropped four points per game. RJ dropped four points. Four points per in game the regular season to the playoffs. So he uh, averaged 14 in the playoffs. Correct. Okay. That's, you, that's what I said. No, you said RJ he dropped four, four points exa- per game. Ex- he dropped four points. Well, when I'm saying dropped, I think you're meaning he dropped. It's okay, King. I get, yeah, no, okay. I get what he's trying. I get yeah, what he's trying. Yeah, I get Because that's how it sounded. Yeah, I get it. Because I'm talking regular season to postseason. Because, what? listen, I didn't even get a no, chance yeah. to get my two cents. Because I think the Knicks will be a, a, a top seed in the East. Because they're going to be playing hard <laughs> every single night. Because that's what the Knicks have to do. They have to do that if they want to even have some kind of chance or have anyone put some respect on their name. But come playoff time, there's teams that are better than them. And we saw that this postseason. You guys don't have the scores or the ability right now to have or outscore teams like Atlanta, outscore teams like even Miami that I'm not even high on their offense. Because defensively, they're going to clamp you guys. It's you guys, are, you guys could do all these great things in the regular season. Come playoff time, it's not like Evan Fournier or Kemba Walker are going to put you over the top. It's you guys could still be a first round exit depending on the matchup. Absolutely not. <laughs> I love what you said though that we're going to play hard. We're definitely going to play hard. I uh, you have to. The Knicks, depending on matchups in the playoffs, 
can make the Eastern Conference Finals. So we who can't you beat? Who can we who heard that can, this year? Who can't you beat right now? Because you guys could have beat Atlanta. You Milwaukee, guys could have beat Philly. You said the same thing last year. We can't beat Miami. We can't beat the Nets. And, and we, we got better this year. I'll keep saying it. Hey, look. If you got to put respect on Atlanta's name, yeah, it's at dude. one point. Like you have to, bro. I'm not. You're just hating at this point. I'm not hating because I'm gonna just stick by my guns and what I believe in. Because you know what? That's gotten me far to this point. Julius Randle. When he first got signed by the Knicks, I said he would be an all-star. I said he would you be an all-star. wrong the I first said year. he would be better than Chris Porzingis. After that first year, we all know what happened. Every He was the most hated player in New York. I didn't stick to my guns and what I believed in. And I flip-flopped my take. And I regret <laughs> it. Because the very next year, Randall became an all-NBA player. And Chris Porzingis is on the verge of getting traded. Mm. And that take aged perfectly. So right now I'm sticking by but my also right now I'm sticking by my guns and sticking with what I believe in. I believe the Knicks will be a top team in the Eastern Conference, and depending on matchup, can beat any team outside of Miami, the Nets, on, and Milwaukee. Bro. We will get revenge on Atlanta. You stuck, and we're gonna we're gonna transition to Atlanta right now. The Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals next year. Last year, mm-hmm. last, last year. season, last season. The Hawks made the Eastern Conference Eastern Conference Finals last season. Do you believe it was a fluke run? Go no, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't. You don't. I don't because it's different. People saying Phoenix had a fluke run, right? They played LeBron. AD was out. They played Denver. Grant, I don't think Jamal Murray would have changed that series, but they played Denver. No Jamal. They played Kawhi and them Clippers. No Kawhi. Same thing with the Bucs. They went out and they played the Nets. Kyrie went down. Harden went down, came back, but he was still hobbled. When Atlanta went on their run, the Knicks were healthy. Philly was healthy, aside from a Danny Green getting hurt in the middle of the season. But I, I think we can all agree it wouldn't, it wasn't going to really change much. But Philly was for the most part healthy. Their stars played, Ben played, Embiid played, Tobias Harris played. When they played the Scrub Knicks, Randall played. Although it didn't look like it, he played. RJ Barrett, although it didn't look like it, he played. They all played. They was all out there on that court. <laughs> Coach of the year, although it didn't look like it, he was out there. Like he was coaching when they went to play the Bucks. Drew played. Chris played. Giannis got hurt, but Trey also got hurt. Split. Those games were split. Both supporting cast Atlanta beat each other. They took a game. Yeah, they both, took a game. They beat each other. Without Trey Young, I Trey, mean. Trey Young came back. Giannis came back. They lost in six. Atlanta did not have a fluke run. We can say Phoenix. We can argue Phoenix had a fluke run. Had they dealt with a couple injuries. We can argue the Bucs because I know you like the, oh, the Bucs won. If the Nets were healthy, the, okay, that's fair. But Atlanta, the Nets being healthy had nothing to do with the first round for Atlanta or the second round. Philly was fine. The Knicks were fine. They didn't have a fluke run. They just played harder than the Knicks that night. They uh, Tim, Thibodeau got out, coached that series. They went to the second round. Doc got out, coached, and they just played harder than Philly. That's all it was. It happens. Same thing with Miami in the bubble. They played the Bucks. They destroyed them. They went and they played Boston. They beat Boston. People were downing them too. It happens. Teams outplay other teams. They just play harder. It wasn't no fluke run. They went to the ECF because they were the better team in those series at that moment. It was obviously a fluke run. And I'm laughing because I don't know how you think it, it can't be. The Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good, man. I'll give you that. You are good. The Atlanta Hawks will be a first round exit next season. And if you're a Hawks fan watching this, I have no love for your team. I have no love for your fan base. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys lose in the first round. No way, man. First round for sure. They beat the Knicks in five. But like I mentioned before, that series was closer to six than it was a sweep. We got embarrassed the last two games, but 
the first three games are, were relatively close. We could have won that first game. If we had Mitchell Robinson, he blocks the hell out of Trey Young's floater. That's for sure. Right. The Knicks lost basically in six Five. with what the well, f- R.J. Barrett. No, no it, a loss is a loss. So it doesn't just matter. gave them a game. Okay, give them a game. It didn't the Knicks, oh, the Knicks lost basically matter. in six with <laughs> R.J. Barrett. The smile on his face says it all. Don't even stress. <laughs> I'm trying to finish my point. The Knicks lost basically in six with who you who who you said RJ he played but it didn't look like it. Randall he played but it didn't look like it. Thibodeau coached but it didn't look like it. Just looked like so, I was just running. So the Hawks beat us with our players not even looking like they played, which means that, you know, if our players actually played, the Hawks would have got scraped. Uh, but you guys got That's smoked. What, and then in the second round, now that should have been a real five game series <clears throat> in Philadelphia's favor. You you look at the comebacks the Atlanta Hawks made Philly simply choked. I mean, sure. Atlanta capitalized on Philly's ineptitude, but am I going to give more credit to the Hawks for punching a defenseless man or give more blame to Philly for being defenseless? I'm going to give more blame to Philly for being defenseless and just lacking any sort of game plan to stop what the Hawks wanted to do. You look at game four, Philly blew an 18-point lead. Game 5, they blew a 26-point lead. And Game 6, Atlanta did lose. I mean, 18 points and 26-point leads? Philly's blowing that? When you have two all-world defenders in Thibel and Simmons to guard Trey Young, and you have a guy in Embiid who didn't show up in the fourth quarter? That was a, a fluke series win for the Hawks. And say what you want, Eastern Conference Finals, sure, they, they gave them some sort of fight, but realistically... If any Hawks fan thought that they had a chance against the Bucs, they are crazy. The Hawks, sure, they secured their guys for next season. DeLon Wright, Gorky Jang are also additions. They drafted Jalen Johnson, Shreve Cooper, who aren't even going to play, but all of a sudden they have the best young core in the NBA, which is ridiculous as you well. You put them in your top three. In 16 years as a head coach, Nate McMillan. <laughs> in 16. <laughs> what the? <laughs> what the? <laughs> like you did not, num- not number one, though. <laughs> Oh, man, you're too funny. In 16 years as a head coach, Nate McMillan has been out of the first round twice. ECF. That means 12, and and he's been in the playoffs 12 times. That means 83% of the time, Nate McMillan's teams are first round exits. The percentages are in my favor, and the same will be true next year. You want to hear a funny fact? Let's hear it. Tim Thibodeau, as a head coach, has only made the ECF one time. Oh, that's awesome. Guess who that was with? Let's hear it. Chicago. No way. Guess who else has made the ECF only one time? Just take a wild guess. Hmm. Nate McMillan. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. So the, are the numbers How really in your favor? How many years as a coach does Thibodeau have experience-wise? 10, 11, 12. Head coach. Yeah, yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13, 7. 7. Oh, so Millen has nine more. Years. That's interesting. And Thibodeau has the same level of success. I wonder if let Thib- me finish my point. I wonder if Nate has had the same talent as Thibodeau. Let's say, let's say, uh, well, he had a pretty talented team in Portland. B. Roy, pretty talented. B. Roy yeah, lasted how many how many seasons? He was actually the coach for a while. He had a pretty good no, team in Seattle. I'm talking about B. Roy. How did he last? Yeah, exactly. It was before 2010. I'm saying B. Roy ain't last. Yeah, but he really 2010 he fell off. But before that, he was 
all all world. I think Brandon Roy only played like three, four seasons max. And Nate McMillan was a coach for all those years. And he barely played. When play B Roy was B Roy, Nate McMillan was a coach. Roy had no cartilage in his knees. Go ahead, finish your point. point. If the Hawks get the sixth seed, they're going to face Miami in the first round because I believe Miami will get the third, third seed. The Hawks will lose. If they get the seventh seed, they face the Bucks. They lose. Let's say they get the eighth seed. Are if, they really going to fall that far? What if they I get the I don't, fifth? I don't dude, think so. Come on. I'm getting to that. They get the eighth seed. They will get embarrassed. They get the fifth seed. They face the New York Knicks. Again. Knicks and six. Second time's a charm. The Knicks are going to cut off the Hawks' wings. You're not going to fly no more, Birdie. They're not going to fly no more. The, the Knicks will get revenge on the Atlanta Hawks next season. And I hope the matchup does happen. I'm actually praying for it. I'm praying it happens. Because when the Knicks beat the Hawks next year in the playoffs in six games, granted, I'll, I'll give the Hawks two games because of Trey Young. Trey Young's just all worldly. I respect Trey Young a lot. I'll give them six games. I'll give, I'll give them the series will go to six. The Hawks will lose. And the Knicks will come out on top. And depending on the matchup, the Knicks can go to the Eastern Conference Finals depending on the second round matchup. The Hawks run last year was a <laughs> fluke. It was one of the biggest flukes I've seen, even worse so than, than what uh, Phoenix went through, because at least Phoenix beat the defending champions. Didn't they say, say what you want about AD not being there, but you know, you still got LeBron James, your guy who you think is the top three player in the world still, one of the best that ever do it, right? They still beat Denver, the MVP, and Jokic. Atlanta would not have beat Denver. No way. And they still beat the Clippers, oh who had all-world defense, and Paul George was on another level. He was on one. Without Wouldn't have beat the Clippers player. either. Like, wow, I mean, really, the, the Hawks in the West wouldn't have did anything. Atlanta's Atlanta fans are gonna fry you because you just sound ridiculous. First of all, you called you called Philly defenseless. You called grown men defenseless because they blew eighteen point and twenty six point leads. That's what they love. Like. And I guarantee you, when Clippers blew them leads to Denver, you didn't say anything what's, about them being defenseless. Crazy is you like, guys just the, keep going back and forth. That's, that's, that's it, exactly it's what crazy I have here. I guarantee here. you didn't say the Clippers were defensive. You just said they just choked. Yeah. Denver just capitalized. But now when Atlanta who's a better it, team? The Clippers oh. and they choked. The well, same who with had Philly. the better team, Philly or Atlanta? Choked. You just said it, Philly. Correct. They weren't defensive. Yeah, they just choked. Okay, so then, why can't we give credit to Atlanta for getting past that? Well, I seen okay. what Denver See, I did. Wish you didn't say that, man. I, sorry. Well, what sorry. Denver did was just otherworldly what special. F- I hadn't seen <laughs> a on, team bro. of Denver. Stop it. You I had Nikola Jokic. You had Nikola Jokic. You had Nikola Jokic making all worldly passes. Next year, winning the MVP. Yo, I didn't even hear Jamal Murray. Yo, you're Atlanta I'm not, fan. I'm not there yet. Crazy. Like, Nico- Nikola them. Jokic better than Trey Young, no doubt about it. Jamal isn't. And then he's not, but he's better than everybody else. The Hawks got on their team. That's fair. And then you got Jeremy Grant, who went to Detroit and now proved himself as an all-star caliber player they too. Suck. And he's better than John Collins at this point too. He would put the same numbers up. And the Nuggets were just special that year. There was something about them. They were down. Three Jamal one. Murray they lost in five. Being to the superstar, next year. Jamal Murray. It was. It could have won six. AD hit that buzzer beater. We all knew that was crazy. But man, the Nuggets gave. So the what Lakers about Atlanta giving the NBA champions? With a packed arena. Without Trey Young winning a game. They, they gave them a get, fight? They, they with, did. Without Trey Young, you don't give them any credit? Oh, that was one of that was one of their good moments in the playoffs. It was okay. It's so funny because like Philly blew leads, right? At at their home, you know, packed arena. It's crowd. It's loud. Philly's up twenty six. Crowd is rah, rah, rah. They blow that lead. You know, game one. Trey Young and them walk into Philly. And they handle it. Handle them. Yep. Walk into Philly, like handle them. You know, they 
Philly's the number one seed in the East. The Clippers weren't the number one seed in the West. Philly was Joel Embiid, MVP. Kawhi and Paul George weren't in the MVP race. Not that, not to my knowledge. Who's a better player? Stop talking, please. Who's a better player? Speaking Kawhi right or Embiid? Speaking right now. Kawhi. Embiid was in the MVP race. He was having a Shaq-like dom in the year. He was dominating this year. People was like Embiid or Joker. He was putting up magnificent numbers. He has the most space he's ever had. Number one seed, Philly's doing this. And Atlanta just comes in and just ends all that. And for some reason, he hates it so bad because they destroyed them so bad that he has to go out and call it a fluke run. But says Phoenix had a better run, yet Phoenix played three straight unhealthy teams without all their stars. That's egregious. Without all, all their stars. All, all unhealthy teams that are better than any team Atlanta faced. You can say that. On that run but outside Atlanta, of Milwaukee. So then why, why, you belittle your own team that, that you have all this no, high praise yeah, in. No, yeah, look, the Knicks, hey, man. RJ Randall didn't show up. Clippers are better than the Knicks, even without Kawhi. What does that have Surprise. to do with anything, though? Nuggets are better than the Knicks, even without Murray. What does that have to do with anything? Lakers are better than the Knicks, even without AD. With LeBron, they're still better. You're telling me without Murray, the Nuggets beat the Hawks? Absolutely. That's such cat, man. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. You, it doesn't even matter, because that has nothing know, to do with terrible. Atlanta. Yeah, like, it has terrible. nothing to do with Atlanta. Like it, would, like, it doesn't matter. I think it does. Oh, they're not in the they're not in the West. They're in the East. You well, have to my play prediction, who you beat. my prediction for next year is that the Hawks will lose in the first round. They will get their I hope they play wings I'm gonna, cut off. I need everybody, and I, and I hope the Knicks are the ones that do it. I hope the Knicks are the Grim Reaper to the Atlanta Hawks. This is a rivalry that's going to go on for. It's not a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. Not a rivalry. Well, after next year, it will become one. They don't look at y'all. They don't look at y'all's rivals. You're and not, they should. You're not, not important and to them. They should. They don't look and at y'all's rivals. And they it's should. It's not a rivalry. They they they're better than y'all. Like it's not. It's 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 tears. You're not in their tier. Like they're in a tier with Miami. You're not in that tier. You're literally in a tier and with us in Boston. Cool. You're and not Indiana. In Indiana, you're not in that Miami Atlanta tier. That's not y'all. Yeah. I mean, you that's picked cool. up Kemba Walker. That doesn't put you in that tier. No, bro. Don't forget Evan Fournier. Oh, my fault. Him. Too. That doesn't put I you know. in that tier, bro. Mitch Robinson coming, coming back, back doesn't put you in that tier, bro. I'm yes, sorry to tell you that. No doubt about Julius Randle no does not put you in that tier, bro. Yes, I'm sorry, bro. Yes, I get it. He was yes, an All NBA player. He had a yes, great year. We all know that. But let's whoa. Whoa. McGregor beat Poirier in their first what fight. What the hell is going on? Basketball king. <laughs> I'm just going to do this point. McGregor beat Poirier in the first fight. The next two fights, Poirier dominated McGregor. Something f- that wasn't a rivalry can very well become one very quick. That's not a rivalry. And like though. I mentioned, that's yeah, that's because Poirier dominated the matchup. One's a team the sport, Haw- one's individual. The Hawks beat us one time in the playoffs. But in the regular season, we swept them in the regular season. So actually, if, if you look at their playoff wins... In our wins versus our regular season wins, it's actually an even matchup right That's now. It's the same with Miami Chicago when LeBron was there, and we used to sweep Miami all the time in the regular season, yeah. and we would lose every single I time. I didn't know the Hawks had LeBron. They don't have LeBron well, James. That's the way he played, point. I don't know. That's not a great point. I don't know. Uh, you do know. You do no, know. Oh, you do Trae know. Young That's LeBron, like LeBron James. out there. Trey right Young is not top five point guard easily, top four point guard. He's not a top 10 player. He, he looked like he was number 10. Well, he won't do it again. And next year, you don't have a top 20 player. Wait, what the hell? I'm asking a question. <laughs> what? Dame or Trey Young? You got to stop. One's a be- one's a great playmaker. The other is Dame a is better, better auto- offensive shooter. Do you have a top 20 player on your team? Ooh. Randall. He's not top nah. 20. <laughs> he is top 20. No, he's not. Like I mentioned, like I said before, the Knicks will beat the Hawks next year. And even if they don't beat them in the playoffs next year, the Hawks will lose in the first round regardless. Oh, boy. And that's that. And I wish... Talk about let's talk. Let's forward. talk about the fluke, the fluke that the fluke team they uh 
they the Hawks, up handling. The Hawks lost to that they ended up, yeah, they ended up handling. The Philadelphia 76ers, this offseason they re-signed Maz, Danny Green. They also signed George Niang and signed Andre Drummond. But Ben Simmons has cut off communications with basically everyone on the Sixers, and he is open to joining the Golden State Warriors mm. per Jay Dumas. Dumas. Are the Sixers going to drop off next season? And if you think they are, by how much? It's, it's really tough to say because as we saw throughout the trade rumors, they were asking for a lot for Ben Simmons, a lot of really stupid trades. And right now he's not accepting anything. He wants. He's open to going to the Warriors. I don't know how much the Warriors would give for Ben Simmons right now, given his motor, given how he just played. But I don't, I don't know if Ben is going to suit up and play for Philly. So I'm going to just assume that Ben is not going to suit up for them. He's going to get traded. But they take a drop off. They definitely take a drop off. They're not going to be a number one seed. They might not be a top three seed. Ben, for a regular season, Ben is extremely important for that team. You know, he plays defense at a high level. He's one of their best rebounders. He's not. It's hard to game plan for Ben if you play him once every other month or once every other two, three weeks. It's very hard because it's, the season is long. You don't put in too much energy. So Ben is extremely important for a team like that in the regular season. And it's going to be all on Joel Embiid. And given the fact that he has injury concerns he has knee problems it's going to be hard for a guy that big to carry a team that long and they didn't get anybody to really help him out yeah Paul. good looking guy that was horrible 2021 we're good no 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 we're not good um you're gonna get a little baby yeah no the baby uh-huh but um yeah drumming oh yeah the baby yeah. you said little baby yeah <laughs> he's in the hall of fame every good grace guy um drumming it was a weird signing. If Drummond finally accepts who he is as a man, who he is as a basketball player, he will be fine. But I think he still believes he's that guy. I guess they brought him in to fill in that Dwight role. Definitely. If they start, that'd be hilarious. Really musty TV for like humor if those two start at the same time. Who Danny, be, and beating Drummond. Yeah, yeah really crazy. hilarious. Uh, Danny Green was good because it obviously brings back that spacing, brings back a guy who just plays hard on defense. You need those type of guys. He was missed. Seth Curry's still there. Tobias Harris is still there. So they still have some offense for this regular season. But to be a top four seed, I think they need to have Ben f- throughout the regular season or even get something back. But I think they would already missed that target by asking for too much. And now Golden State, you know, I ain't going to make no exaggeration, but they saw Kaminga and Moody game one. They was like, whoa, like. Got yeah, we got some, so I don't know. And, you know, having Ben and Draymond in the star lineup is hell to have on earth. I wouldn't do it. No? Ah, what? No, I wouldn't have do Have him play it. the five? Oh, my God. That would be lit. Dray and Ben, four yeah. five? Have Exactly. Exactly. If I'm a team, I'm putting one big down there, and I'm just double teaming Steph or Clay. Okay. Don't guard Dre. I swear to God, don't guard yeah, Dre. Yeah, don't guard Dre. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, Philly's, I think, is still going to be a playoff team because Embiid it's still really that good, but you know, with him being hurt, I don't know. I, they can easily fall out. They need to figure out something with Ben Simmons, but they're definitely going to drop off from being one of the top four teams in the East. I think they do drop off too, but I don't think it's anything too drastic. I think that they'll probably be probably around the fourth seed because <clears throat> they still have talent around you on B. They still have Tobias Harris, still have Seth Curry. Like you mentioned, Danny Green was a good piece for them as well. Thibault is, has been unbelievable defensively, one of the, the best defensive guards in our game right now. Obviously, Ben Simmons. However, this whole lack of communication thing really does come as a, a huge surprise to me. Do I understand that he felt disrespected? No doubt about it. I would feel disrespected too. You know, your head coaches, do you see Ben Simmons being your future point guard or the point guard for a championship winning team for the 76ers? And he says, I don't know the answer to that question. 
I feel some type of way too. I mean, I want my coach to feel any kind of confidence in me. Even addressing the media, you can come to the side and tell me you need to play better because he needs to play better. But when you have your head coach bashing you to the media, it's never a great look. The trade offers that they were trying to send out were egregious. You're not going to get four first rounds picked for Ben, especially after the performance he just had in in the playoffs. I said it. This is the lowest value Ben Simmons is ever going to have in his career. And if he and if he, right now he's not helping his case. It coming out that he's he lost communications with the 76ers. It's just more indicative on his character, and that's not what he wants. He wants to build it in a positive direction, and it's just continuously going negative. But you take Ben off this team. Who knows what you really get for him? Honestly, I I don't I don't know. Maybe you go. I, I don't I don't see a, a good situation for him and and what Philly gets in return that would make them real contenders. But with just Tobias, with just Seth Curry, with just Joel Embiid, Thibel has to stay as well. You, so you don't lose complete defense because I'm assuming because there's talks of Dame going to Philly. With that happening, you have to lose Thibel. You have to lose Ben. You have to lose a few other pieces. Probably Corkmaz too. You, lo- you bring in Dame, and then you have Tobias, you have Seth, you have Embiid. That's a top three. That's a top three t- team in the East for sure. You lose the defense, but that offense is high-powered, one of the best in, in the league right off rip. But with, with Ben just not having any kind of communication, that, that also hurts his, his trade value too. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but I think that the core of Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris... Seth Curry is good enough to still be a top four seed in the East. And I don't, they, it's not like they made a championship run, really. They lost to the Hawks in choking fashion. So it's not as if they can get any worse than the, the lowest of the lows of what they experienced. So I think, they, of course, I don't see a number one seed because I think Nets healthy are number one. I think Bucks are number two. It's going to be between Miami and Philly. And I lean Miami right now because they just made the, the more moves, the most moves right now this offseason. To, to find an actual identity. Philly really doesn't have one. I hate that pause. This is alarming. <laughs> He's in. This is alarming because Ben Simmons, before I talk about Ben Simmons, actually, let me talk about Daryl Morey. He might have overplayed his hand with thinking about the value he could have got for Ben because they could have gotten 7 and 14 from the Warriors. And Wiggins, right? Yeah, but they wanted more. And why is They it? were greedy. They, they wanted the house for Ben when he's not worth more than the first floor. Ben Simmons, what he's doing right now is ridiculous. Cutting off all communication with the Sixers. Ben Simmons said he's cutting off all communication with the Sixers. He's not talking to them at all. And my only question is, who the hell does Ben Simmons think, think he is? For you to cut off communication with Philly because you have not improved since you've gotten to the league. This past season, lowest points per game, lowest rebounds per game, lowest assists per game, second lowest field goal percentage per game, tied lowest blocks per game, second lowest steals per game. This is somebody who people were calling next LeBron James, and he has not improved since he's been in the league. And he has the audacity to not answer back calls, to not communicate with Philly, to not answer back Joel Embiid's calls when Joel Embiid was the one waiting on you to do something in the playoffs. What Ben Simmons is doing is ridiculous. He thinks he's something he's not. He's not a star player. 
He lost that title after this playoff performance. Y'all hook me up. The best thing for Philly to do is to trade Ben Simmons. But I'm I have a fear that Daryl Morey overplayed his hand. And I think now the best trade they can possibly get is the one that Indiana offered with Brogdon in the first round pick at this point in time. And Simmons also came out and said he doesn't want to go to Toronto because he doesn't want to go to a bad situation. But what what he doesn't realize is that he is the bad situation. He is the reason Philly is in this weird place right now because of him, because he hasn't improved. This is on Ben. This is on Ben. I'm sorry you had to hear that, but it's on Ben. It's all right, because it's not like you're saying anything that's not true, truthfully. It's right. This is a horrible look. What I needed him to do this offseason after embarrassing himself in the worst playoff, one of the worst playoff performances we've seen a player have since maybe LeBron's meltdown in 2011. I don't want to say it's as comparable because LeBron's was really bad, but off memory, a collapse as bad as that one, maybe Paul George too. That's another one that comes to mind. Last ben Simmons season. shot 34% or, from the No, a, way worse. Like one of the worst I've ever seen for sure. I'm not arguing that. He needed to go into this offseason hungry, motivated to be something more than what he has been given the 76ers. And this is the complete opposite thing of what he needed to do. Now he's just bringing more negative attention to himself. Now he's making himself look worse than people already have this perception of himself of him, excuse me, where it is already a horrible mindset to have. Every person you talk to, oh, Ben Simmons is trash. Ben Simmons isn't good. Ben Simmons is garbage. Off one postseason performance, you mentioned that he hasn't been a great postseason performer historically. But most memorable, this one right here with Atlanta. I just don't understand how he doesn't try to draw attention away from himself by just going to the gym, working on his game, trying to be a better player than what he had given the 76ers this past season. He has to understand that if he plays at a 6 out of 10, not the 0 out of 10 that he gave you, 2 out of 10, I'll be kinder. He was he was okay on defense. His assists were all right. But other than that, scoring was horrible. Trey Young still had his moments where he did his thing on, on Ben Simmons. There was really no stopping Trey Young to his, to his defense. Other than that, he was terrible. If he played a 6 out of 10... Series is over in five, guaranteed. Series is over in five. Now we're looking at Ben like he's a piece of garbage, unfortunately. Do I think he's a piece of garbage? No. Do I think he's more than the first floor? Yes. But do I think that they, they might have played their hand a I'll little give bit? Him the basement so wait, too. if he's more than the first floor, what is he? Well he should what they should have done, which listen, you take the seven and the fourteen, you take Wiggins, I agree. you take you take Wiseman, and you, and you don't look it. back. That deal was perfect. You asked for four first-round picks. Now you're getting egregious. I mean, they, think, they think what you think. I mean, listen, I've been I've been a supporter of Ben's. I, I'm not going to turn my back on him now, but this isn't a good look. I'm, I can be honest with it. It's a you're, horrible you're look. You're a supporter of Ben. Let me ask you what you think about this. Let's hear it. You're going to give me numbers? He shot 34% yep. from the free throw line in the playoffs. Numbers don't say it all. It's like, obviously, it's horrible, dude. It's terrible. I just want to ask you this question. Okay. Well, I just, I just want you. I want to get your reaction to this statement. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons shooting thirty four percent from the free throw line in the playoffs mm-hmm. is worse than what players shoot on average from the three point line. Yeah, it's terrible. He's not a three point shooter either, so he really can't do anything for you in that side of it. How do you feel about that, Riv? He sucks. 
I think I didn't even hear what you Honestly, said. You could have just left it at that. That would have been good enough. But I don't think I don't. Let me ask you a question. What do you think? I don't think can they get for him right now. Malcolm Brogdon in a first round pick. Also, now it's like that's up for grabs. I think because he's cut off communication with the Sixers, that's what's killing him. His trade value has gone down because now teams know he wants out. Do you think he the Warriors would trade him for him right now? Definitely. Because now I don't they think have the, the ballpark. I don't think the Warriors will do it. You want to know why? Because I think they saw Kaminga and Moody in their summer Yo, game. But I don't think Kaminga, I think Wiggins and Wiseman would go. I, Wiseman, like they don't need to give Wiseman now. They have all the leverage. Get, just get Wiggins. He's, he he fumbled the bag for Philly. No, he bad. has the bag. No, for he Philly, has, I'm saying. Amori uh, fumbled it. That too. And he, he's prone, he could have had Harden last season. Daryl Morey under pressure is prone to make bad decisions. I mean, in, in Houston, he traded for Russell Westbrook because he was under pressure to get, get rid of Chris Paul. Then... When they got Westbrook, they were under pressure to trade Clint Capella for Robert Covington, and that was a downgrade. When Daryl Morey's under pressure, he makes bad moves. And right now, he's under a lot of pressure, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ben Simmons traded for somebody that we say, not worth it. Would you be surprised if at this point they trade Joel Embiid? I would, I would be extremely surprised. I feel as if you're not getting what you want in return for Ben Simmons. At that point, can you really compete? I think that they could not for a title, obviously, because that's obviously the, that's the goal. The, the goal. There's nothing the else other than winning a championship if you're this team. Can you win a championship? With Ben Simmons, no. With Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry. No. Thibel, Korkmaz. You, you plug out Ben, you put Damon, yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's no doubt about that. You could win a championship, sure. What about Malik Beasley? God, <laughs> nah. He's a dog, though. Yeah, but not a champion. I think ben, I think you get named, you perfectly put yourself right at the top with the Nets what about and Milwaukee. Brogdon? What about De'Aaron Fox? No. Really? Not a championship. No. Okay. Okay. That you can't compete you. for a championship. What about Sharif Cooper? <laughs> I would love that. Start him. Let him be the one. Nah, I think Dame is the only guy right now that makes on them the market, a championship yeah. team. Okay, it's just the, the matchup with the Nets. Uh-huh. You get a, I don't mind. Damn Fox. You get a Damon and B. Dame's gonna match Kyrie. You get a Damon and B. Death. They ain't got the nothing. Hard, the the Nets don't got nothing to stop and B. You got Dame. You got him B now, so you could work. I think that's fine for sure. Tobias is still there. Seth. Yeah, you got some shooters. Matisse could play D. I, I think that's fine. Definitely. But they have nothing right now. It would take a world, like the world, to get Dame with what Ben just did to them. We are going into our final three topics of the show. Two of these teams, I think, were pretty good in this offseason, the, the Jazz and the Warriors. And the last team we're going to talk about are the, the Mavericks. Talking about the Jazz first, do you believe the Utah Jazz will be the number one seed again? Just to let you guys know, last season they won 17 out of 18 games at one point. They were 52-20. and 20. Mitchell missed 19 games. Conley missed 21 games. They lost Niang and Favors, but they gained Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, Jared Butler, who I'm very high on, and Eric Pascal. Now their lineup looks like Conley, Mitchell, O'Neal, Bogdanovich, Gobert, off the bench, Ingles, Clarkson, Whiteside, Gay, Pascal, and Jared Butler. Ben Butler might not get no run. He might not get no run. Yeah, I, I'm sad about that. But he could dead ass replace Conley later Think on. If he gets hurt, yeah. Conley, you know, now they got a point guard. Do um, you think they can be the number one seed in the Western Conference again? That's you know, I think they're fully equipped to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. I think it's hard to say they're just gonna be that, but I think 
like you just said, I think plugging out Derek Favors, who in the playoffs offered them virtually nothing, <laughs> getting Rudy Gay, who's still a quality player. Rudy Gary? Yeah, I messed up. I was going to say uh, something else. But getting Rudy Gay, who's still a quality player, I think that's really good. Eric Pascal, I, I watched him play. He's a good offensive scorer. So that's some uh, you know a guy who can pick and pop, shoot the midi, and shoot the three ball. So he's still really good. Defensively, mm-hmm. he's a little, ah. But him and Donovan are real close. They went to high school together. I think... Um, this is still a really good team. You know, getting Mike Conley back was obviously the first thing they needed to do. Bringing him back, bringing that consistency and that steady point guard, that's good. Donovan Mitchell, obviously, even him being hurt, I don't think they're going to do that again. You know, still going on a streak where they're winning games consistently. But that 17 out of 18 wins, that was crazy too. But I think, like, this team is still one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. This team is going to still be a top-five defense in the NBA and they just have to keep continuing to improve and getting better. And they picked up their guys. Rudy Gay can play a small ball five if needed to be, so I think that's good. Hassan Whiteside was a little confusing for me because he's kind of like a Gobert in a sense. But I guess it's just another big body, you know, somebody to keep you keep the depth at bay. Jared Butler is also good. When Mike Conley goes down, you can get a point guard to fill that in. Or if Joe Inglis goes to the starting lineup, Jared Butler could plug in. You still got your sixth man of the year and your co-sixth man of the year. So they did everything they needed to do without losing – much and bringing a little bit more so i think utah is fully equipped to still be a top two seed in the west it's just come playoff time can they figure out what they need to do do you think they could be the one yes or no yeah okay i i i, I agree you, you you hit it right in the nose there's been a lot of adversity that they had to go through last season and they definitely overcame it and still was were the number one overall team in the nba they were almost in a plane crash Really? I remember that. I, di- I didn't hear we that. We almost lost the whole Jazz. Bro, God forbid. Yo, we almost that that lost, almost happened. Yeah, we almost lost yeah. the whole team. No way. The coaches, the assistants. The now, they can't catch that. a break. COVID, a plane crash? Jeez. Not for real. It was That's like the nuts. birds hit their... Um, um, yeah, there right? was a lot of turbulence. Jordan Clarkson was in an interview said that he thought it was he was done. Like he really? thought... Yeah, he yeah, thought it was done. Really. When I'm met with uncomfortable situations, I tend to laugh. So I almost no, just I, me too. Because yeah, you got to laugh. That's horrible. Keep, you got to laugh to keep the pain away. No, nah, that's a fact. But regardless of that fact. Who said that lyric? Dirk. It's, no, it's Percocet to keep your pain away. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know where you heard it from. Though. And substituted it because he, he, he knows this is a PG show. Yeah, I don't take perks. I don't need somebody to know I take perks. Yeah, you don't need, you know. You just admitted it. Oh, wait, but I mean to say like. Ah, Come whatever. here, bro. Yeah. Anyways, back to basketball. This team is definitely good enough to be the number one seed. No doubt about it. They could be the number one overall team. They could be better than your boys? In in the regular season? Yeah, sure. He's Com- a Lakers fan, by the way. You're a Lakers fan. <laughs> they know that. They know me. They should know I by now. I don't know now. if Jazz fans know that. Hey, Jazz fans. I'm a Laker fan, okay? Don't forget it now. Really a LeBron guy, but continue. Hey, lifelong Laker. Look in the bio. Twitter, at Andrew 5 as Oh, you capital. changed it? What, to lifelong Laker? Bi- bio's been that. Are you going to keep your at name that long? That's five annoying, A's. It's bro. Five A's, all capital, capital N. <laughs> I can't forget it. It's easy. That being said, again, back to basketball. Come on, guys. I think that they could be the one seed, but I don't think that it will continue into the to the postseason. I think that Quinn Schneider has done a bad job of utilizing Rudy Gobert defensively because when we saw him meet a small ball lineup, they didn't know what to do with Rudy Gobert, and he kind of got lost out there, and it was not Rudy's fault. I don't think Rudy is 100% to blame for that. I blame Quinn Schneider and his inability to put Rudy in good situations to be successful. It's hard when you're not a mobile, you know, a quick quick guy that 
has to defend uh, a guy that's way faster than you, that's just chilling out on the wing when you're mostly a paint-type player. Quinn Schneider needs to do a better job of, of, of finding a, a spot for, for Rudy, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. I also don't know if you're going to continue to put Rudy out there and his offensive game is, is not the, the best. It still creates that compactness and, and inability in a way to completely stretch the floor because all you really know, you know what they're going to do with Rudy Gobert. You're going to put him down low in the paint. You're going to have these shooters on the wings. They're going to shoot the ball, and Rudy's going to try. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right, man. They're going to shoot the ball. Rudy's going to try and get the offensive rebound, put it back up. It's not really often you see them run the offense, give the ball to Rudy Gobert, give him a bucket, get him a bucket. It's not really going to happen. He's actually a really good rim runner, too, for his size. Uh, 100%. I think he was that fast. 100%. He just doesn't have that much of a skill set offensively. You know what another thing is? They didn't get a, They still don't have a wing stopper. Not, not at all. Truthfully, it's because all their wing, all their wings, all their guards are scores. They, their identity is scoring with Rudy Gobert. That's really, that's really the. Now they can play five out though, because of Rudy Gay. But then you're taking. Are you going to take out Rudy Gobert? Well, there's going to be at times you're going to have to play offense for defense. You know. I agree, but at the same time, Rudy Gobert is their second best player. All in all, he's their second best player. Mike Conley is definitely. There's, I would say, second most important player because he provides that playmaking ability. He provides that that shooting on top of the scoring with not having Donovan to be that primary ball handler because Donovan clearly he can do it. Obviously, we saw him be dominant in the playoffs, Donovan. but we've seen it take a toll on his body. Where even in that series, he hurt his ankle and he wasn't the same dude that he was early on in that series. So I just yeah, he dropped thirty though. He, Still had 30 he was great, but a then, bad ankle. But his efficiency, like you know, we fault car, we fault, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we fault Booker for his efficiency numbers. We still got, we got to be fair to Donovan. He had an amazing, amazing points per game numbers, but but when that ankle injury hit, his efficiency wasn't really as what it was early in the series. And I think that it is mostly going to be on Quinn Snyder having to make adjustments. And I don't know if Rudy Gobert is that type of player that you can make an adjustment with and win games compared to a Lakers or compared to a Golden State Warrior team that has been together for so long and has that team chemistry and knows each of their roles. We have the best small ball five in the air. In NBA history, no doubt. And so it, it's 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 not a, it's not a bad thing to be the number one seat and and not be successful. It's just unfortunate the personnel that they have. So that's what that's how I feel about that. I think they can be the number one seed, and I think they can make a finals run. I personally think that last year, if Mike Conley didn't get hurt, they would have went to the finals. I firmly believe that. I think they would have beat Phoenix, and I think they could have won it against Milwaukee. Rudy Gobert being that back line against Giannis, having a true center like that, I think they could have won it, depending on how Drew Holiday guarded Donovan Mitchell. Depends, but I think the Jazz would have been a better fight for the Bucks than the Suns. That being said... I mean, bringing in a guy like Hassan Whiteside who averages 8.6 rebounds and close to two blocks per game, God forbid Rudy Gobert goes out, you have Hassan Whiteside to be that defensive presence who, when he started in Portland, was averaging three blocks per game. Rudy Gay last year averaged 11 points per game. Rudy Gay's knock has been that whatever team he's went to has, hasn't been good, has always dropped off. And at first, he was, he was a very inefficient volume scorer. But now he knows his role. He shoots 38% from three. He can space the floor. 
I'm not too sure about a small ball five because I don't think Gay is that type of defender I agree. where he can do that. And I think Pascal was okay. You know, I think if anything, this move was more so to get Donovan Mitchell's best friend because Pascal and Mitchell are best friends since I mean, they were young. I mean, bringing in some young guys ain't nothing wrong with it either. And Pascal played 17 minutes per game last year, averaged close to 10 points and three mm. rebounds, shot 33% from the three and 50% from the field. So he's been an okay offensive player when he gets minutes. The Jazz have said that, well, the, the, there are rumors that they are open to trading an Ingles or O'Neal. I think Bogdanovich, don't quote me on that, because they want to bring in more high-level defenders on this team, and I think that's Actually what so. they need. You look at their lineup, Conley, O'Neal, Gobert are good defenders. But when you look at perimeter defenders, Mitchell is average, O'Neal is, is small, and Bogdanovich is not a very good defender, even though he has his moments. He has his moment against Kawhi, definitely. Really good. One of those playoff games. But I think they, they need one more. They need one elite high-level defender. Who do you have in for, mind? Huh? Like, who would you have in mind? I think Torrey Craig would have been a good one. Like, a, with size and strength? Uh, P.J. Tucker would have been an excellent one. But I think they need one of those high-level defenders. They're one of those away. But even with this roster, the depth that they have, they can be the best team in the Western Conference again. And I don't know, man. You know, in, in a seven-game series versus the Lakers in the playoffs, if Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, we can very well see Utah steal that would go bear on Anthony Davis being he as good a defender he is. He wasn't that good against Utah, and they had Ricky Rubio. I think it's not out of the question that Utah can beat the Lakers. Especially granted their depth on the team. All right, pick a side: Lakers or Utah. Who are you take? I think Utah would make any series tough. I would pick. I would LA. pick the Lakers, but, but I, I think Utah yeah. can make it tough. Utah will make a lot of series. I tough. think Utah could secure the number one seed again. And Quinn Snyder, you're right; he doesn't adjust. But in the regular season, he's a damn good coach. In the regular season, oh, Dude, Doc and, Rivers and is I one of the say, best head coaches in the regular season I, ever. I, and I would say the playoffs too. He no. can't. You can't say he really can. Adjust. He's an okay. Coach. It's not that he. Did. Schneider lost to the Nuggets in look, the bubble. Look, it's not like he didn't adjust against the Clippers. It's just what could he really have done in that situation? Like he didn't. Kawhi. Have- Kawhi went out. You need to win the series. It's simple as that. Oh, I agree. The but best it, player it, went out. You the, need to win. What could he have done in that situation? They were up twenty six, dude. Oh no, I'm not. I'm talking about game wasn't five. There. I'm not. No, he was. He was there. Game points. six. He only had yeah, five he, points. He, he just came on a See, off a bad right. But game five. I'm saying, what could he have done, Rudy? You can't tell Rudy I, Gobert to go out there. Like I, you can't. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but he needed to realize in the moment. Okay, something is going wrong. Yeah. I need to do something. I don't think there's nothing he, he could didn't do. do anything. He didn't have the personnel to do anything. And I agree. I don't think Rudy Gobert. It's a tough. He's a tough player because he doesn't provide much offensively for you. And on defense, of course, he's one of the best defenders. You in guys game. noticed the last two years, Utah in a big series, somebody's been hurt against Denver, Bogdanovich. Against the Clippers, Mike Conley misses the games. Like they have never, haven't in the last few years been fully healthy in a playoff series. With Conley out and Kawhi out, should Utah still have won? Yes, hundred percent. Oh no, I don't know because the way the Clippers it's different are playing, because I think the Clippers personnel is much better suited to guard anybody. I think that missed the the small bowl is just a nightmare for Utah. It's a bad matchup. So if they, they were if they, meet, if they meet that same problem again this year, it's a bad matchup. Are for them. they not going to have the it's same problem? Absolutely, it will be better because they have Rudy Gay and Pascal to kind of you know have a small I ball. I don't, know if those I don't two think defensively are... they'll be better, but offensively they'll be able to keep up. 
They will, but even against the Clippers, we saw them go cold. It's like Rudy Gobert was in. True, but Jordan Clarkson had an amazing first half. Dropped over twenty points that first half. Zero in the second half. Joe Ingles. They don't have a wing stopper. That's what that was. PG had eighteen in the third. Very true. But then they're not going to be able to stop LeBron. They're not going to be able to even stop a slasher like Russ. It's not going to happen. Well, Russ might stop himself. We'll see what happens and how he accepts We've seen what happened. We have seen what has happened. Without LeBron James and Anthony Davis, correct. We've seen it. I agree. Oh, God. With Kevin Durant. Like Harden. Uh You want me to pull up that picture? Are we going to pretend like KD wasn't a part of that 3-1 choke against Golden State? You want me to pull up that picture? Can you not? I will pull up that picture. I will show the world. LeBron is 10 feet. He's literally letting him shoot the ball, bro. It's embarrassing. Okay. Sometimes you do that to get in someone's head and it works. (laughs) It works. One of the more interesting teams in NBA right now, I think, are the Golden State Warriors because they have perfectly assembled a team that can compete right now and compete big time for a championship while also having one of the better young cores in the NBA as well, depending on how you view these players. You know, you have Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, all veterans who have championship experience who are going to be up there with the top teams in the West next year. Then in terms of your young players, you have Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman. That's a core that teams would love to have. You know, how far off is this core from Cleveland's right now? I don't think it's too far off. You look at this core versus Cleveland's, it's not too far off. And on top of these young and on top of that, these young players, they got they also signed Otto Porter, Bayelitsa. And Juan Toscano Anderson is going to be on the team next year as well, who's a, who's a, they call him Baby Draymond. The Warriors, when Curry played, were 37 and 26. They had a 50, 59% winning percentage. That's good enough to be the fifth seed in the Western Conference. That's without Kalei. That's without these additions. That's without Autoport. That's without Moody. That's without Kaminga. Next year, getting Clay back, getting a second year of Wiseman. Having Moody, having Kaminga, having Otto Porter Jr., this team can be a top three seed in the West, maybe as high as first. That's how good the Warriors can be. I think they are title contenders next year. And even though the Lakers had this splash offseason, the Warriors are still creeping. And in a seven-game series, now that's when I lean Warriors. Oh, man. I think I think the fact that you mentioned that, State. you know, they were 37-26, and 26 and they were not with their – those were the, the the eight guys that were playing with just the eight available guys. This wasn't their best guy. So there's those guys missing time. I do think the Warriors are title contenders, but it really all predicates on Clay. I think Steph is going to come back and be magical again. You know, he's Steph. <laughs> you know what I'm like, he's Steph. He's going to be Steph. Word. I think Draymond's going to still have that defensive impact. You know, he's going to come back. It, I think, you know, Wiseman... We're going to be able to settle him in slowly. Kevon Looney's going to have his role. Wiggins is going to come back with a bit of a chip on him. So he's showing that he can be really good. You got the young guys. Jordan Poole's coming back. JTA's coming back. Still got Damian Lee. Don't know what they're going to do with Kelly Oubre. But, I mean, he's a free agent. Yeah, so it, well, he's done Um, But I think this team, like you said, I think this team can be a title contender. And just because they can't beat the Lakers, you know, doesn't mean they're not a title contender. Agreed. I think they can still give the Lakers a run for their money. They're definitely single-handedly almost beat the Lakers in the plan. I don't know. I remember that game vividly. If it wasn't for I LeBron to hit that nonsense. Why you continuously forget LeBron came back two games before that. Why do you keep forgetting that? No Because I haven't forgotten that Curry was getting double teamed at half court. 
And we can't forget LeBron still splashed the game winner in Curry's face. I remember that. With I one was eye. so mad. One eye. It was, was luck, though. You know it was luck. Whatever you want to say, one end. It was a great game. It was a great game. It was game. fantastic Great game. game. And no clay. Just wanted to throw that out there. And LeBron two days. No, no clay. That was no clay. And no Russ. Oh, God. Please put him in the game. Oh, that's a net you negative. Yeah, please put him in the game. Russ no. is a net negative. <laughs> no, but I think the Warriors have made the proper adjustments in for them to be title contenders and be a top team in the West. You know, it just predicates on their big three. You know, can Clay still, as long as Clay is that knockdown shooter that he is and still a above average defender. Do you believe he will be? I think he'll still be the knockdown shooter. Oh, no, I don't I'm don't talking think defense because that's really I think really he'll be an average only... defender still. I think he'll still be able to be an average defender. And now that Wiggins has shown the ability to, to play elite defense, I don't think he needs to be elite right away. I think playoff time is when he needs to die. Now it's really time to lock in. But with that type of spacing, Andrew Wiggins showing the ability to hit an open three-pointer. Jordan Poole definitely making that stride. Now Draymond unleashing that playmaking, him being the one realistically and Steph playing too. I think this really unlocked a new era for this Steph, this uh, Warriors basketball and this new system. And now Moses Moody, who can hit the three, he can come and play defense. Jonathan Kaminga, who's kind of a high flyer. It's going to be good to integrate these young guys in, but for the most part, I didn't even mention Otto Porter. He's a 3 and D type of guy. You could play him, and he can kind of have that, not the same impact as Andre Iguodala, who they've been talking about bringing him back, but not that same impact, but have a guy who he can hit the three and can play defense at an average level. So that's a good guy to put in that small ball lineup too. And you can run the lineup of Stay, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Otto, Dre. Dre at the one. Otto's getting more burn off over yeah. Kamingo right off rip. Yeah. If they can if they can bring in finals MVP Gudala, that defense on LeBron in the playoffs. How, might old, be how old is scary. Andre Gudala? He's like thirty seven. Okay, bro. we're gonna continue we're gonna think. <laughs> the same I mean, but Tre- Trevor okay. Ariza. Please Trevor, please Trevor. understand what you just said. <laughs> it's the same as LeBron. No, it's the same as Trevor Ariza. And that's your guy. I'm not saying that. That's your lockdown. That's your, lock, that's that's your lockdown right now in the wings. Who? That's the Lakers. That's your lockdown in the wings. That's not what I say. You literally said Trey. I said he's a three. good. He's a solid defender. Is he not going to get put on your your wings? Is well, he? Not, keep it on it. Be honest. Oh, okay. So I, we can do Wiggins, uh, Iggy. If you could do Trevor Ariza, they in the I same. Know, you're saying LeBron, like he could play. You're saying he could play defense on LeBron. You're saying that. I didn't say that. You said Wiggins played really good, played really good defense when they played the Lakers on LeBron. He definitely did. He played really good defense. Yeah, Wiggins is complete D. But uh, yeah, I do believe they're title contenders at the moment, just with the team being constructed the way it is. The Warriors have definitely made a great, great adjustment to how they adapted to the new environment without Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And they saw Steph last year kind of bug out and still be that guy. So they made the adjustments, and they're definitely a top three, four team in the West. I'm just not ready to call them title contenders until I see Clay out there, and he's you know relatively, relatively his normal self. If if he could still the knockdown shooter, which I believe he will be, if he could be seventy five percent on defense, I feel like that's the most he can get to, in my yep. opinion, off a torn ACL, a torn Achilles, the two worst sports injuries in all of sports, period. He had them both in back to back seasons. It would be a lot to expect of him to even reach eighty five percent of what he was on defense. It's gonna be in his head. There's no way around like I don't know how he's not gonna be able to to think about that leg on a constant game-to-game basis. If he's moving laterally, he's going to be thinking about it. If someone's trying to drive past him, he's going to be thinking about it. Until I see Clay be Clay, I can't say they're title contenders because we just saw a team without Clay not even make the playoffs. They lost to Memphis. Like, that's some context to that. You just going. Of course, they didn't have Clay. What, what else do you want me to say? Uh, Curry too. 
Curry missed a lot of games. But with Curry in the lineup, they were 37 and 26. I'm just talking, regardless of that fact, I mean, they, if Curry they couldn't plays, beat the they, Grizzlies. They, Curry um, played against the Grizzlies. I'm saying if Curry played, they wouldn't have been in that situation. Very true, because he had an excellent season. It would have been like six fifth seeds. I'm just talking about what they happened. They did lose to the Grizzlies. Because, you know, we... We talk, I talk about, you know, perspective. LeBron didn't play two games. I mean, if, Wiggins that, doesn't, if, like if Draymond doesn't right. throw up a nonsense floater, Wiggins doesn't do a turnaround mid-range jump what shot. What was Draymond thinking? That's a good... You should call him and ask him, because I don't know. That poor guy really cost all of Golden State right there. Nonetheless, though, they did lose the Grizzlies. Well, I saw in the... Sh- I was watching the shop. Okay. For, and for some reason, the shop I remember, is, yeah. I know what you're going to say. LeBron isn't even on the shop anymore. He hasn't I been know. there in a while. Yeah. Even though they say he produces it's it, still a good show. I, season one, episode one of the new season, he was there with Jay Z, Bad Bunny. Uh-huh. It was lit. He was there. They had that show has such a weird combination of people that they put just on a there. bunch of famous. But I respect people. it because they all bounce off one another. So let's say one. It's talks, so edited all, though. You can you can tell the conversations are extremely cool. edited. So? I think it is. But it definitely they definitely do a good job of bouncing off one another like and allowing. They try to make the the conversation a natural feeling, but it's not because it's this barber in the back. Are you? Pretending to come. It's just a fact. But Draymond Green said that I, I see all these dummies on Twitter saying, Draymond, you should shoot more. I say, wow, I got it's Steph. Steph Curry. He's I like, that. That's one of dumb. the best quotes he's ever had. It's, it's dumb to think I open. shoot. Agreed. No, he, he can't be talking about that moment. He can't be. He can't be. He can't be talking about that moment. He only has to be talking about when it's, let's say, you guys right there and I'm here wide open. That's That has to be what he's talking what about. What are you going to wait 20 seconds until Steph's open? I, I mean... It's Steph. Yeah, I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, there's got to be moments. If you're you're in the paint, you can make a layup. You can that's make a, a floater. That's a lot of weight on Steph's shoulders. Greatest but ever. If he's supposed to be the greatest ever, right, he has to be able to deal with that. Greatest player Off ever topic, seen. but you know why I say that? I say it's unnatural because I, I was watching a Tom Brady one. It was... That was also... It was Maverick Carter, Tom Brady. There's a bunch of weird people put together. It was Kid Cudi. I was like, where did Kid Cudi come <laughs> I was like, why is Kid Cudi here? Like he doesn't. There's that girl too. I, I forgot her name. Some lady there. No, no, no. Um, I was a f- oh Chelsea Handler. Yeah, she was. was she did a good job because her and Tom Brady are cool. But it's just and like, like, but that's why I like the show. It's a different type and of. Has, and then and then the next episode was like Trey Young, Jamel Hill, Maverick Carter. Like it was just a bunch of miss. Like I don't know the person. One time they had Kevin mesh. Loving and Kevin Hart there. I was just like, what the hell? It's a Kevin thing. I was like, what? And then they had Charlemagne. I was like, this is uh, just a weird environment. Yeah. Like, yeah, Bad Bunny can't speak English. And he's like, yeah, stop it. Stop it. Oh, and yeah, the dude man. was speaking. Yeah, I was just like, bro. That was lit. Bro. Nah, but they, was like, <laughs> they was looking at him speaking and it was just like. Interesting. Because he was doing a lot of, sp- <laughs> he was trying to speak Spanglish where he was trying to say some things in English. But then there's obviously some things that he just feels more comfortable saying in Spanish. That dude spoke very well, though, on, on Bad Bunny's behalf. Nah, he did. He yeah, should. He's a translator. Yeah. You're going to keep going to the Warriors? I mean, what more is you there don't to think say? They what can more beat is the there to say? I just don't. I don't think with a 75% clay, they can beat the Warriors right now as currently constructed. I just think that Lakers Why? are too deep. Lakers are too deep. We have more personnel right now where. Well, our personnel is more put together. But like you we, can't stop Anthony Davis. And There's you can't n- stop Steph Curry. Uh, so Draymond has shown he could before. You got to stop. Not consistently. But you can't stop Steph ever. You can't, but you can throw a double team on him. Especially, and he still gave you a thirty. Okay, and he still lost. And you don't have a Dennis Schroeder who plays. Let's be realistic; he plays better than Westbrook. Okay, he does, but Westbrook's going to keep be Westbrook's going to do what? Motor all game on long. What? 
It's like, okay, bro, obviously Steph Curry's going to get his. It's not really saying anything. LeBron's going to get his. Who's going to stop LeBron? We're even right now. AD? Right. Let's thank you. So let's the go, let's the go death, the death pieces: Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony. You're the one. You're the one saying that you won't even start him over Otto Porter. You wouldn't give him minutes over Otto Porter. So I don't know. LeBron had LeBron. LeBron has some competition on defense. Uh, Otto Porter, Wiggins. They get Iggy back. Now that's a nightmare. And Kaminga. You throw nobodies at Steph. Don't sleep. You know the the way to stop Steph is to throw bodies at him. You double team him. You let everyone else beat you. I'll live with that. Oh, Clay. Clay can hit here. open jump okay, shot. Obviously, he dropping the quarter. Uh, Thirty-seven. Oh man! <laughs> no, no. Was that pre twenty-six or was that he, after? He was open. It's, Honestly, bro, I'm gonna be honest. Defensively, he's gonna take a hit. No duh. But as a shooter, he won't. So one of the key parts of his games, I 100 percent agree with that. No, like he's he's Clay. He's still good. You All have he has to, to do cover is him. sin the corner, of course. But at the same, you put one on him face to face like this. Of he'll probably still make around thirty-five because he's Clay Thompson. Uh, he'll make forty four percent on that. Maybe, but if he's not being a, a driver of the basketball, which he definitely was able to do so back when he didn't have a torn Achilles or a torn ACL, that's what made him so versatile. Because you really couldn't face guard him. You couldn't because he was fast enough to still drive to the paint. You're right. We have to see how Clay comes. How back. much faith do you have in AD coming back this year to be he needs, fully that he, guy? He needs to be on the Kawhi treatment. And I gave Kawhi a bunch of shit for it. And oh, and now uh, you want him on the Kawhi trip. He needs to be. It's simple as that. He needs to be. And I think Russell will allow him to do that. I think we need to see how Clay comes back. But at the same time, I'm a believer in, in modern medicine and recovery and rehabilitation. And I think... And Ke- he doesn't need... Like, the way he Kevin, plays. Kevin too. Durant has proven that... Defensively, I don't know. Kevin Durant has proven that, hey, I can have a serious injury and still be what I am. And I agree with that, but he didn't have a torn ACL on top of that. And coming back from that torn ACL, didn't have a torn Achilles. I think a torn ACL in this modern sports atmosphere, in basketball at least, is not as, is not as big as an injury though. as it used to be. The way he plays is different. Torn ACL play. used to be a career-ending injury. Torn Achilles as well. I think based on... Clay's play style, it's not that much of a hindrance. So name a few people that have torn their ACL that have come back successfully outside of Adrian Peterson. Well, most I, of the I would guys say Derrick Rose came back successfully. Successfully, he never reached what he was. Per 36 is like his season with the Timberwolves, I believe, or the Pistons. His per 36 numbers were similar, were actually the same as his MVP season. Derrick Rose plays different, but even if you look at his per 36 numbers now with the Knicks, he averages plus 20 points per game. 20-plus points per game. He's right. He but just doesn't play 35 minutes. He plays 26 to 27. But isn't that part of what made D-Rose D-Rose? His athletic ability. But course. ACL is obviously going to damage your that's athleticism. What, that's exactly but Clay, what I'm saying. But he's still a great player. You can't say he's the same player. He's but Clay not. isn't predicated on athleticism. His game is predicated on skill and his jump shot. You don't... He can but be defensively. Fine. That's oh still no, we, but we all agree obviously. that defensively he's gonna. But then, but uh, then defensively is a, it, defense is always athleticism. You it's think really he's gonna be worse than and, Joe Harris on defense? Absolutely not. I think that's manageable then. But at least Joe Harris. Now, think, Joe Harris I think he'll be about better than Joe Inglis on defense. I hope so. What do you mean, Joe Inglis is a good defender? He's okay. Like compared to what Clay was before these injuries, it's not. It's a night and day. I mean, Clay's one of the best two-guard defenders there is in the game or was in the game. That's what made the Warriors so dynamic because you could hide Curry on defense. And then Clay was playing defense on Kyrie Irving. When Curry was on Kyrie Irving, it was barbecue chicken every time. 
What do you think it's going to be when Westbrook's on Curry? Scary. Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not dumb. I'm not ignorant <laughs> to the fact that uh, Curry is or still Kendrick the best. Nunn. It's going to be double teams. He's going to see double teams. We'll have to wait and see. I'm Can't really high on the You took Warriors, Warriors over the Lakers. I hope yes. we play on Christmas. I Golden hope so State. too, man. That'd be a movie. San Fran. Wouldn't be a movie. You know that eight of the top 10 markets in the NBA are going to have a playoff team next year. I did see you tweet that, and that's really cool. That's really the cool. The two markets that are not going to have one are Houston and I forgot the other one. But one of them is Houston. Utah is in there. Now nah, Utah is a. Uh, they're actually they're a top. I think they're a top thirty market, but they're not top fifteen. Sam Fran is also really doing really good in baseball too. Definitely. Yeah. No, they're one of the best teams in baseball. Oh, look at you. Okay. Okay. I got these, these are these are the top rankings right now. New York, L.A., Chicago, Philly, Dallas, San Fran, Atlanta, Houston, Washington, Boston. So Houston and Houston, Washington. Washington. Are the two teams that are going to be out? But then you look at eleven. The top ten market. That's ridiculous yeah. to me. You look at eleven, Phoenix. Twelve yeah. is Seattle. Seattle needs a team again. Then thirteen is Tampa. Fourteen is Minnesota. Minneapolis. I don't know why I thought you were talking best teams. You were obviously talking about markets. Fifteen is Utah Detroit. Is dead last. <laughs> Sixteen is Denver. So yeah, like a lot of the teams that. Eight of the top markets are, are going to really be in the playoffs good. next year. Yeah, definitely. And not not even like that's more too because. The Knicks, Nets, and Lakers and Clippers probably in the playoffs next year. For sure. You think the Clippers make it, though, without Kawhi? I think they could. I think PG can get him the there. West, in that West? I mean, we just saw it happen, that they just beat the number one seed. Yeah, but a whole regular season is different. I mean, they played, a, they played like and a they month played and some change without Kawhi. they extremely well. An entire regular season is different. I think We're PG, about to see, yo, PG, PG MVP is candidate? good enough to still lead them to the playoffs. Do you think PG is an MVP candidate? Early MVP candidate. PG tour. Yeah. PG, yo, I'm I'm not yeah. even joking. They'll get to six seed. I heard it here first. The last topic of the show is going to be discussing the Dallas Mavericks because I think they are one of the teams that had a disappointing offseason. I think the Blazers are up there. Definitely up there as well. They needs to go. But Dallas, back. these were their moves. They re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to a four-year, $72 million deal. Mm. They signed Sterling Brown to a two-year deal. Boban Marjanovic to a one-year deal. So basically, whatever players. You got and your boy, right? Reggie Bullock yeah. to a three-year, $30 million deal. Good I mean, he's a good player, but, man, I, if they, I think this was a disappointing offseason. I thought they could have gotten Lowry or even DeRozan or some set. Is it Kawhi. though if Lowry didn't pick them? Is it really disappointing? I think Lowry would have been a huge addition. But I'm saying he picked Miami though. I mean, Dallas, for years, Dallas is always trying to get top free agents. And this is another year where they haven't gotten it. The best guy is Reggie Bullock. Is, is it safe to say that Luka isn't a big enough attraction for Dallas? Oh, disagree. I heavily disagree. Like one of the biggest disagreements I've ever had with you. Mm. No, I didn't say it was. I didn't say I agree. I'm just accent. Way to backtrack. No, I didn't say it because Kyle Lowry had a chance to pick Luca and he chose Jimmy Butler. Because I think he realized Luca is the primary ball handler regardless. Or because of Miami's culture. And he wants to be in Miami. I was going to say Miami. I'm going there 10 out of 10 times over there. They don't pay taxes. In Dallas, Dallas, they don't pay taxes. They don't pay much taxes either. I didn't know that. No, they they don't. don't. I mean, tax, for me, Florida doesn't pay tax at all. Pro, I don't know. I mm-hmm. think Florida might be less. 
for me, I think this is really disappointing. I mean, Luka, <clears throat> yet again, another year is going to have to carry the Mavericks. Last year, he averaged 28, 8, and 9. Kind of like how he's carrying Slovenia. 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 I think they should be France. Came down to a one-point game. Did he get hurt, though? Luka? He hurt wrist his injury, wrist. yeah. I don't know if Dallas didn't make much moves because they're still hoping that KP is going to work in Dallas and they're going to give it one more year. But I don't know. I think last year kind of felt like this is the end of it. Just try to trade Porzingis because their play styles don't fit. KP and Luka are not friends off the court. I just thought it was time to move on from KP, but obviously they want to run it back. And now with Reggie Bullock, I mean, Luka, Porzingis, Bullock. It's hilarious how a team that got bounced in the first round twice wants to run it back. Finney Smith. They had tough competition Tim both Hardaway times. Tim Jr. Though. It's, you know, obviously the goal for them was to get another ball handler, somebody who can relieve the pressure off of Luka. And they ended up getting a guy who's going to stand around and wait for him to pass from the ball to shoot and Reggie Bullock. Granted, he can defend. But I, bringing Tim Hardaway Jr. back was that, that's Enormous. what they they needed to do that for sure. But I think like a Kyle Lowry, a DeRose, bringing somebody else who can put the ball in the basket, and somebody who relieves the pressure of Luca would have been huge for them. Like you said, it feels like the end for them in Porzingis. I think Luca and Kristaps just we thought it would work. We thought it looked great. You know, oh the idea of a stretch four and you know Luca unicorns both overseas. We thought it'd be magical. It's not it. They need to give it up. <laughs> it's dead. It'll be a playoff team. Luca's gonna do. Luka. Yeah, Luca's gonna do what Luca does. It just sucks that in the first couple years of his playoff career, you know, he's gonna get bounced out in the first round. I mean, who knows? He might play like Denver and maybe can sneak a win out or play Portland or something, or even the Warriors and maybe just throw, dug out a win. But he needs to get some help, and it, it goes. You know, he he locked in. He's locked in with them for a long time, so. They got some time, but Dallas, you know, we're used, we're accustomed to them getting talent and being in the playoffs consistently, but they just haven't been able to do that. You know, new coach, new vibe. Maybe Jason Kidd can change the environment for him and Porzingis. I don't see it, but maybe he can. But at this moment in time, this just looks like another failed year. Well, not a failed year because they made the playoffs, but another year in failed mediocrity. Offseason. Yeah, another year in mediocrity for me. So, not as down on. The Mavericks offseason as you guys. Of course, it's disappointing they made no moves. It's obvious. They did, they did, really didn't do much other than bring back Tim Hardaway. But I think I would rather wait an extra year. You you sign Luka to this extension. You know you have him locked for another four years. You know that this is the cornerstone of your team. You don't want to go spending money needlessly elsewhere in spots where, you know, you could get a guy like DeRozan who's a little bit older. Or you could wait till next season when you can get a guy like Bradley Beal who's on a restricted free agent. Or you can go and get a guy like Zach Levine who's potentially a free agent. Who knows if if the Bulls don't have a successful season. I'm sorry, bro. No disrespect. Who knows? It's possible. They don't have if a If you don't and he leaves, that'll be hilarious. That'd be that'd hurt. That man. would be pretty rough, but I'm I'm gone. These are two guys that I want over every single free agent that was available, obviously other than Kawhi, but who knows what Kawhi's gonna do right now? Like Kawhi has there's no news of there's been a report saying that he, you know, He's going to re- decline the option, but go back to 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 the Clippers on a one-year deal. To re- exactly. I think that this was a, a a longevity thing. You have you already have lo- you already have Luca. That's fine. You get to see if Porzingis works out or not. One more season. If it doesn't work out, you trade him. Only relieves more cap for you guys. You guys, of course, being the Mavericks. 
You can go and you and you bring in a, a similar type player in uh, Chris Boucher, way cheaper, way cheaper, and you still go get a Bradley Beal who's going to complement Luca perfectly because he just needs another guy to go get a bucket. You can go get another a guy like Zach Levine who wants to play off the ball and and, and have a guy who's going to pass in the ball and 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 get his own, of course, too. I, I I'm not too down on it. I I, I understand what what's going to happen here. You know they they had really good series against the Mavericks, excuse me, against the Clippers two seasons in a row. That first year in the bubble, Porzingis and and Luka looked really, really effective against that Clippers team until Porzingis got hurt and, and things just didn't work out for them. But that next that next year, Porzingis definitely looked a little bit lost. They need to find that again this season. And if it doesn't work out, you trade Luke, you trade Porzingis, you get something in return for him, and you go and you go all out to go get a guy like Beal or, or potentially Levine. Yeah, Isn't the, Kyrie, Harden, and Katie I didn't, I didn't want to throw them in there because I figured no. they're going to stay with the Nets. But yeah, it's John Wall, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Oof. Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Oladipo just signed. But was it a one-year deal? I think so. Randall just signed, Aaron Gordon. Levine, obviously. Rozier would I mean, be interesting. The, the worst thing that can happen is that the Mavericks waste Luka's years on this after this extension. Definitely. That's and then, the worst. And then he's a free agent, and the Knicks sign him. And now the Knicks get Luka Doncic. That's the worst thing that can happen. Now, honestly, that's the best thing that can happen to me. So hopefully it does happen. Dude know, thinks he'll go to New York. Then you he, wake he up and He actually wanted to go to New York dreaming. pre-draft. Well, that was three years ago. So did Zion. No, Luka... Luke, yeah, he's still. Oh man, we're gonna get Zion and Luca twenty and Kawhi twenty twenty five. We're getting Kevin all Durant. Them. Remember Katie, Kyrie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't forget the Photoshop. Kyrie, KD, number one pick, Zion, <laughs> and after everyone, X, X. It's really funny. X. You guys are hilarious. You, no, you, you know what's Randall. the thing though? Luca Doncic actually made a video pre-draft, and he kind of foreshadowed his career. He said, "In my first year, I'm gonna win Rookie of the Year. In my second year, I'm gonna be an All NBA player." And in the third year, I'm going to be... Dude, this man, nice. He, he was like, I'm going to be the king of New York. He's like, I, He said he's going to be the king of New York, and he basically hinted at him wanting to be a Nick. Mm-hmm. He was so, a kid when he did that. Now he's a kind of a grown man. Get, get, I mean, get over that. I think he still acts very uh, childish. On the court, Not, not yeah. in a bad way. I think he just has a lot of fun. So I think he still has that same mindset. He would love to play in New York. I think you he don't look- think Dirk has some kind of influence? I think Luca is his own man. I think Luca is a guy that... For me, when I when I look at Luca, I think he cares much more about the international scene than he does about yeah. the NBA scene. Okay. For example, they asked him, "What's more important to you, winning a gold medal or or winning an NBA championship?" If the media asks any NBA player that question, that plays for the USA, they're going to say a championship because winning a gold medal for the USA is walking the park. For Luca, it's I want to win a gold medal. I think he views the NBA as child's play, kind of that way. But also, he wants he wants to be free to do whatever he wants. And if he wants to go to New York, he wants to go to New York. I don't think he strikes me as that guy as I have to stick with one team my entire career. I think he strikes me as a guy as I just want to win. And plus, if I can't win, I'm leaving. Plus, it's different times. You know, Dirk was twenty years ago; they was raised different. It was just different guys. They had Steve up, Nash too. Yeah, guys was just different. You know what I'm saying? So they had J Kid. They had Steve Nash. He played with Michael Finley too. But Giannis also did just sign an extension with Milwaukee to stay there, and we saw it pay off for him. So I'm not saying the Mavericks had done a great job in in trying to motivate him to want to stay, but I think that this is a long-term 
plan that the Mavericks have. That's and, true. But the difference between Giannis and Luka is that I think Giannis getting drafted by Milwaukee. He had to work for everything. He felt grateful. Mm-hmm. He felt like you guys found me. You drafted me. You, believed you brought my family over to the country. I'm grateful. Luka's like, I'm the guy. <laughs> I'm the guy. But he wasn't the number one pick. He, he was the guy, though. He was the guy. He wasn't the number one pick. He wasn't the number one pick, but or number he was two. true. But he was the best European player we've seen come out ever. Like he knew he was that guy. He was the MVP in the Euro League. He won a championship there. You're saying he's better than Dirk already? Easy? Oh, yeah. First couple seasons in the league, he's better than Dirk. Okay. But I'm just talking about as a prospect coming out of like Europe. Mm. Luka is the best of all time. Okay. Coming out of uh, Europe. Okay. Like Dirk coming out of Europe, yeah, he was exceptional. He was great. But Luka, he won a championship at 18, 18. I believe. Yep. And MVP. Yep. Like nobody's done that. Even the players who have gotten drafted high from Europe, from Europe haven't done it. Like Ricky Rubio, you look at what he accomplished. He wasn't even a starter. It wasn't a quarter of what Luka was. Not at all. Like Luka was just different. So I think Luka kind of has that mindset where he thinks he knows he's the guy. And he doesn't really have any sense of loyalty outside of his country. Well, I mean, yeah. but we'll see what happens. I'm pretty optimistic about Reggie Bullock. <laughs> about the Mavericks situation as a whole. Can the Mavericks? Is there a possibility with the Mavericks miss the playoffs? But no. Luca, no. They were just a fifth seed. Yeah. With Golden State coming, Pelicans. We'll see. Pelicans, what? With Zion, Ingram, Valanciunas, Devontae Graham. Ugh. We'll see. I'm not. I mean, I'm not down than, on. I'm not down Adams on the, Pal- Bledsoe. the Pelicans. That is very true. And Willie Green as coach. We'll see about that one. I like Willie Green. I mean, Dallas could easily be in a play-in and just botch a game. He was an all-caliber. And Porzingis player. is actually healthy at the start of the season, and him and Luca actually get to work together. Who knows what they could do? We saw them have success in the bubble for sure. When- Jonas is good, man. Who? Jonas. Bounce oh Jonas. no, I never said he wasn't good. And Willie Green. Got to sway and see him. It's going to be good, but as a player, he was phenomenal, too. He was. No, he was not. <laughs> he was ass. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to play it. He was not. Yeah, he was a role player. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Pick a Side Podcast. This was episode 103. We mellowed down later on in the podcast. Heated the base between Riv and I. Yeah, we, we had to cool it. We had to cool I mean, it. You know, we'll see what happens with Lonzo. You know how I feel about it. I, I'll have I'll clear, very vocal. Have, about very clear. It. I have league pass for Chicago, Memphis, Golden State, the Clippers, the Hawks. Well, and I have Charlotte. league pass for every team. Yeah. I'll pick just certain get it teams. All. I should, right? Is it cheaper if I just get all the teams? It's 200. It's like 200 ish. For the season. For the season. I pay 10 a month, though. You got commercials? Nah. I just use a VPN and it shows I'm in Mexico and Mexico's oh, yeah, prices are lower. That's pretty lit. Yeah. And you get to watch Knicks and Nets games too. He didn't say we, that. We, he didn't say if that. If we do that over here, we can't watch Knicks and Nets games. It's a blackout. If you if you use a VPN, you can. And that's what I do. What's your black? You don't have a blackout for any team? None at all. Unless I, because I can put my VPN to be in anywhere I want in the world. So if I put in like Japan, I can watch any game. Yeah. Let's say if you put, let, let, let's say you put your VPN, your network in like Portland, you're you're not gonna be able to watch Portland games. Oh, so I'm gonna put it in like a team. Australia. No. So if you put it outside of because Hawaii, League Pass is Sacramento, cheaper. I don't care about them. League, <laughs> League Pass is cheaper in certain states. In Europe and Australia, it's more expensive because of the Euro. But if you put your country as like Mexico, it's way cheaper. It's ten dollars, you said. It's cheap as hell, bro. Uh, like I'm, if I'm, like ten dollars compared to thirty in the states. I'm gonna hit you about that VPN. 
Yeah. NordVPNs. Yeah. Free shout out, man. Gotcha. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. And if you made it through this entire show, it's you might as well today. go on Apple Podcasts and give us a, a review. Review Gotta. and write us a rating. We're gonna read it on the show if you do that. And we're also offering Discord benefits on our Patreon. You can be in a group chat with Riv, me, and Drew and have these debates with us in text message form. Absolutely. So that's a, definitely that's definitely a good get. So thank you guys for watching and we'll see you guys next time.